I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bitches, welcome back to It Girls Podcast. We've got a juicy one for you today. We're talking all things sex in the city drama. We're talking moving away. But first of all, we're talking outsider. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by the best, the fruitiest, the sexiest cider. In the land of era. Crack one open, bitch. Okay. Ready? Un, deux, trois. Jenny, you've already opened yours. I have, and let me just take a sip. But that was too opening. <gasps> Is there a guest here? Is there a guest drinking responsibly over the age <laughs> of 18 like you all should with Outsider? I think his name is... Yeah. Bring the bass, bring the bass. <laughs> Guys, I am so excited. Ah! Jack is here. Jack. We're so excited. The first male guest we've just realized on DePonter. Yeah. So I'm the first male voice you've ever heard. Well, yeah. ever heard. Ever. Ever. Yeah, ever, honey. Does that make me the it guy? The first the it guy. It the guy. it guy. I only want to give it to one person, the cheap being. Yeah, true. And the that would be the it guy. So Jack is our fab friend. He's a world of knowledge of all things fab, TBH. But that's one beautiful. thing that the three of us... Um, I've known Jack longer, sorry, Jeannie. Oh my god, you introduced us, I know. I, I got know. Jack a job. I know, so, so <laughs> yeah. even doubt. But, um, <laughs> but basically what binds us three together is, which we've spoken about uh, before, our mutual obsession, Jenny and I, is with um, Sex and City. Jack also has the stunning... The deepest obsession with Sex and City. Yes. Yeah. And it's like... It's not just like, oh, Jack randomly watches too. It's yeah. like, no, no. No, we're on We are it. obsessed. Jack could quote it. Yeah. Jack and I have had nights out where we randomly just spent the whole night quoting different, <laughs> like, from random different episodes, different seasons, and we're cackling. Even though it makes no sense. Everyone's like, stop being so weird. And we're like, we're it's like, a baguette. Scene yeah. <laughs> two, episode four. When the baguette is like, yeah. literally. <laughs> no, that was when we, I remember you talking to me about Jack. And you were like, you're going to love Jack. You're going to love Jack. And I was like, yeah, I probably will. And then you were like, he's so obsessed with Sex and the City. And I was, you know, when you hear like, I, I love Sex and the City. You're like, okay. <laughs> I we all doubt it. it. And then I remember you being like, he can, I mean, Jenny quotes I've never heard before. Oh, I didn't know that was the introduction. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Because remember Malahide Festival? And even though Jack, like, we were there with a large group, but me and Jack were just in our own little world in the corner, just being <laughs> like, oh, I'm scooping heels, like, bringing like, <laughs> random quotes. And yeah. people were like, 
that's not funny. I was like, <laughs> not to a dumbass we like you. We're cackling away, like, at these quotes, and we just couldn't, like, I think we were, like, dying on the floor. <laughs> yeah, and we were, they didn't understand what we were talking about. I know. We did, so it was okay. I know. That's all that matters. That yeah. is all that matters. So, yes. we, well, we've been asked, and we were going to cover it anyway, but then when we were getting Jack on, we were like, we have to get the Lord. The Lord. <laughs> I love that. Lord Bradshaw. Yes. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. To teach us, to school us about this freaking sex in the city. Well, like, it's sex in the city IRL drama. Mm. So, Jack, Mm-mm. okay, get, what's, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I don't even get if it. People have been living under a rock for the last couple yeah. of months. Even the last week, I think it's hard. See, it, this it, whole week has been so hard to ignore. There's been, like, yeah, this more. week it was, yeah, so true. Yeah. It's been like, head. It came to a real head. So, like, for years, right, there's been annoying, horrendous drama. Because if you were a fan of Sex and City, like, there's nothing you hate more than finding out your love is a lie. Like, the whole fact about this show is that these women are best friends, that, like, they accept each other's flaws, that, you know, even though, like, Carrie's an annoying bitch and Samantha's a mad bitch and, you know, Charlotte's a fucking up her own hoop, they all love each other, right? Yeah. So... But there's always been these rumours that there's been a lot of tension behind the scenes. Well, always, like, in interviews, um, Kim Cattrall, Samantha would always be like, we weren't great friends. friends. yeah. Which, another iconic show, Friends, in interviews, they would always come out and be like, we got on. Like, it was like, it wasn't like work. We were mm. just friends yeah. hanging yeah. out, and it happened to be my job. But, like, Sex and City, it was always like, no, no. Um, it was a working relationship. There Professional was not these colleagues. Bonds. Yeah. yeah. And it really was like, uh uh-huh. Because the amazing thing about the show was, even though it didn't make sense, like, Samantha and Charlotte would never have hung out on the reg. You know, it didn't make sense, but it was just the dreaminess of being like, oh, they're all best friends, and they just, like, are so close, and the bond is never shaken. You know, friendship goals, to be honest. But, so what has happened this week, Jack? Fill the gals in. Yeah. You basically just want to believe the show, that, like, they actually are the exact same way yeah. they are. And I think, to like, this week in particular, it completely fell apart. It that shattered. It shattered on the floor. The fourth <laughs> wall. The fourth, the fourth wall, wall was broken. Was broken hard this week. <laughs> literally. literally. <laughs> it, it fell on the floor <laughs> beside her baguette. <laughs> literally. So, I remember someone tagged me in the, tw- the Instagram post that Kim Cattrall posted, which mm. I presume everyone has seen. So, yeah. background stories that Kim Cattrall... So, there's been a bit of back and forth over the last few months where like Kim Cattrall went on the Pierce Morgan show in October yeah. and was kind of like we were she kind of solidified she's like we were never friends Ugh. it's been going back and forth Sarah Jessica Parker has been very kind of she's kept to her kind of image and profile very clearly she's been yeah. like pure vibes yeah she's been like no we are friends because before this this is a bit messy now but before this they had Rumored okay. they wanted a sh- another movie. See, the reason that Kim kind of decided to go on yeah. um, the show is because they were talking about doing another movie, Sex City, City Three. 3, and Kim Cattrall didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And basically, she kind of went on the Pierce Morton show to kind of just iron that out. Solidify because, it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we'll, we'll get into yeah. that in a minute. But this week, as Jack was saying, or the other week, Kim Cattrall's brother went missing and died. Yeah. We don't actually know exactly how either. I, I don't think, yeah. think so. I, I, I mean, 
possibly suicide. Yeah, it's kind of... He was meant to be kind of um, mentally unstable as far as I know, or he just... I don't know. He He was missing anyway. He was young enough, wasn't he, 40s? Yeah, it was a a suspicious kind of Mm. uh, thing. He left his phone and wallet and was found, and she had put out a plea on her Instagram with a photograph of him which garnered lots of attention, being like, please, if anyone mm. has seen him. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, a few days later, she posted a that, notice that he had actually passed and that he'd been feigned. In his car or something like that, yeah. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she thanked her colleagues and she thanked her family and everything for that. And Sex and City fans. And Sex and City fans, of course, yeah. yeah. So then what happened, Jack? And then, so the photograph was posted. I remember yeah. looking at it being like, really, I actually thought it was not real. Yeah. I think we can mm. all agree, I was kind of like, that is not going to, that's yeah. not Yeah, happening. it looks like one of those fake... Yeah. yeah, it just is unbelievable. It's like I don't know if they can't whatever. I was like, yeah. no, no. It was kind of like when the Kylie Jenner quote came out. I was like, Bleh! yeah, it's like you know, yeah. <laughs> you're like it's really happening. It's speech. I was speeches. And I was like, oh, she's actually talking to SJP this time. So it was very direct. It was so. very direct. And then I read, I read the photo, saw the photograph first, then I read the comments. And I was like, oh wow, she goes into detail about how she is not. First of all, not her friend. Mm. Second of all, doesn't want her in her life and doesn't want her condolences. So. Kim Cattrall basically put up this like kind of like a meme kind of thing so text in a photo yeah. on Instagram and was like it was a tweet and she then like oh she screen out. grabbed it yeah no she obviously doesn't know how to do that she needs help in the right? yeah. yeah she needs some pure help ironically how ironic yeah. <laughs> she means it's a she's a freaking yeah. hatter <laughs> but like she had written out on maybe it looked like Snapchat or yeah something. like changed the font and was like at Sarah Jessica Parker. Which doesn't work, babes. No, you can't have to in a picture. You need to tag her. <laughs> She'll never find out. Yeah. <laughs> she still hasn't seen it. <laughs> but she was basically like, um, you know, we don't. What did she say? Like, we don't. She said, I don't, I don't need your condolences or kind thoughts. Because basically, Sarah Jessica Parker, after the news came out yeah. about the brother, was like, I send my. She put up an Instagram post being like, my condolences and my warm my call. Love. Something like it that. Was quite very carry over though, like my deep love and adoration, my deep the beautiful and wonder, whatever. And then, then Kim Cattrall basically put up him like, I don't fucking need them. We were never friends, and she did this big. But then she also said, caption. "Stop trying to um, create, like, to, stop trying to maintain your nice your, girl like, image. Nice girl image mm. when, in fact, she basically was alluding to the fact that you're an arsehole. You're lying, and but you're trying. You're using my brother's death yeah. to maintain a sense of niceness. So, mm. like that, it was." You know, just yeah. for her own gain rather than her actual, you know, empathy yeah. towards Kim. Yeah. But I rewatched the um, interview she did with Piers Morgan and she literally says all of this straight out. So I, I, how we missed that interview? I completely missed yeah, that. Yeah, I missed it too. And I've seen clips of it. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know. I feel like she seems... It's really weird seeing Kim Cattrall not as Samantha, I always find, because I find like Cynthia Nixon isn't that far off Miranda. No, she kind of scoots around New York. Yeah, and, Sarah Jessica yeah. Parker is. Kim. She lives in a brownstone she, in yeah, Chelsea with her she little husband. Just and, is Ka- Carrie mm. Bradshaw. Even the like, oh, oh, if you ever see her in interviews, like I remember once I was watching um, SJP on Oprah, and she was like, like jumping <laughs> around, around. Yeah. and like her shoes fell into the audience, and she's like, oh my god. 
Yeah. Which is so animated. And Annie, but even in Annie annoying, interview you see, and then Kristen Davis. Kristen Davis, isn't it? It kind of fits her character. She, I mean, pretty much, who the fuck knows what she's like. No one ever watches Samantha it. Jones is so like, huh? And then when you see Kim Cattrall, she's just like, I don't, she's very. Well, she's reserved. She's very different. It's yeah. really funny. Which is great, because like, the only one who's acting. But she's also very, yeah. like, <laughs> very sexual, though. Well. Remember she made that sex book? She made book? that book, yeah. yeah. Did she make a sex book? Except with her husband, who was, he worked on Sex in the City, didn't he? Oh. Um, I'm not mm. sure, but I do remember. I'm she, pretty sure like, he worked in sex. I can't remember the exact book, but it was. It was all about Karma Sutra. It was like it was like sex for couples. I don't know mm. if she was probably trying to capitalize on her character. Maybe, yeah, but like anyway. So the whole point is, is that the Pierce Morgan interview happened somehow. It kind of blew over, and then she did it. You know what it's like? Thing. It's like the Weinstein things. Murmurs have been going on. It takes something big yeah. to actually get people to listen. Like, there's been, you know, when the whole Harvey Weinstein thing came out, it was like, oh, but Courtney Love said this back in the mm, 90s. Yeah. This person, this person, this yeah. person. It just randomly, it's well, like Well, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. You know that way. also, like, it takes something just goes viral and grabs. In this day and age, we're so, like, passive because it has to really grab you to get your attention. Well, so I think that Instagram post was We're in, like, like, an information overload now. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you get so much information on the freaking rag that it's like, it's very hard for something to stick. And that's been like that for, like, 15 years. Yeah. You know, that way, like, yeah. since I was younger. So what do you guys think this fucking... Like, so what I got from it, anyway, is that basically... Uh, the story that I read that actually wrapped up best basically said that tensions on the Sex and the City set started when Sarah Jessica Parker became executive producer. And uh, Kim Cattrall, aka Samantha, was really kind of pissed off because her friend was the producer in the first season. Yeah, the and creator. Darren Star. Oh, he was the creator. He was the creator. I didn't know so it was So she Darren was good Star. friends with him. So I think the historical thing is all in the background of it as well, is that she was good friends with him. He left the show after season two, I think. Season two, yeah, and yeah. And then suddenly Michael Patrick when... King comes in and Sarah Jessica Parker becomes good friends with him and then yeah. elevates to executive producer. And apparently Kim Cattrall was always the one that Darren Star wanted to excel through the show. So he wanted her part to be more... Not that her part necessarily, but he wanted her to basically be an equal star to Carrie. Like, because uh, he was obviously, like, first season was based on the book, right, where Carrie is the main star. Yeah, Carrie is the star. But he kind of wanted Samantha to, Samantha and Carrie to kind of be the lead roles, and that he was kind of always, apparently from this article, he was kind of saying, like, you'll be a He basically alluded to the fact that she could be an executive producer at one point. Mm-hmm. Then... Sarah Jessica Parker, as Jack was saying, and then she obviously starts making more money. Yeah. There was big tensions again because of Friends, because Friends was really famous that they always split the money completely evenly, no matter who was They're the lead roles. singer. Really? Yeah. yeah. I was sure that Jennifer Aniston got No, more. they always... No, a million dollars each at the very end. At the very yeah. end, they all got a million a, a, an episode, but up until then, they always split it completely equally. It's the same with uh, U2, and that's why they're still together, because they've always... Who, no matter who, split it, it equally mm. so you can't have the money fight. But, Which they were. They were all different. Exactly. They were all paid different money. Yeah, so there was yeah. like, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker at one point was making like three quarters of a million. Samantha was making 400,000. You figure like, I didn't even know you got oh, whoa, you I was, deep. I read this New York Post oh. thing and I was like, whoa. And it was mental. So basically, they were at so one, what were they making? 
Uh, I can't remember the exact. But like, there's no point. Uh, I don't know. I, I actually can't remember. Like there was there was big discrepancies between. The, it's on like the Daily Mail. So obviously SJP was getting. She was making the most because she was executive producer. Which is a big yeah. role. Which is a big job. But no one else was given the opportunity to become executive producer. Oh, basically, okay. from what I got was she basically him on season three, and they were like Sarah Jessica Parker is now the executive producer, yeah. and they were like, oh okay. So then with this power came her being able to lead her own character because she could be like Carrie wouldn't do that then Sarah, uh, Kim Cattrall yeah. started to get very annoyed that she was the only one who had to bear all um, I heard it was actually that was written into their contracts yeah that her contract like, like Samantha's contract Kim Cattrall's contract was different to Sarah Jessica Parker's about the nudity and the nudity well, is included in their contract I wow. can't believe in, I, like I remember hearing this years ago like I think when the show was still going on I hadn't really noticed until I heard it Carrie is never new never ever mm. and you see Miranda you see Charlotte, you yep. see and obviously Samantha. Samantha. You really like really vis- like obviously you can see all of them. Part- yeah. like, the only thing I could think of with Carrie is when like it's like a camera pans and she you can see her back. Sometimes her back. That's all I can remember. No, but like I remember reading because I got this um, Sex and City book. On, <laughs> of course on, it was you like did. on the show. I actually have it on my shelf. We can read it afterwards. <laughs> and they like Carrie, like Sarah Jessica Parker tried to use Carrie's fashion um, as a reason why she wouldn't be nude. She was like, oh, it's like old fashioned for like women to wear like bras in bed. So she tried to be like, oh, Carrie wouldn't, like, you know, Carrie's a kind of old Carrie's fashion Carrie's aesthetic is different to the girls. So she wears her little brown. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of, yeah, not great to say about what women should wear. Yeah. 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 Really, yeah. It's not a good angle to go kind of with. like, I'd, when you look at it to a certain way, it's kind of like you're saying to the other women, like, you're three of the are like, than me or Yeah, like, you bear all, because to, to be honest, you need to, but I have I more wear cardigans and, yeah. I kind of can keep that and still be the focal point. Mm. It's, it's kind of like maybe saying, like, Samantha, you need the big... Because Samantha's sex scenes, for example, were vigorous. Samantha is really raw. The wrestler. We were talking about this the other day. Mm. Like, that was, like, 2001. Remember like, that scene? Where she's dating the wrestler guy, and they're actually wrestling <laughs> different positions. She has a little suit on. Like she's, wearing, yeah. she's wearing red. He's wearing blue. She's wearing the like the little helmet. There's like yeah. a literal wrestling yeah, thing on the ground. <laughs> My most random one is the like the glazed donut is intense. Oh yeah, like, yeah, it was Miranda. The guy coming up with her vagina <laughs> all over his mouth. Yeah. Like, oh my god, Krispy Kreme. Is yeah. that the one? Yes. Oh. That one was freaking raw, but anyway. So I have one more than that I want to talk okay. about. When Samantha got with the virgin. And oh, the college student. Or, no, or the guy with the big dick, and she was like, it was showing this whole, like, that she, he, it couldn't go in. Mr. And she Tubic. was like, okay. Yeah, that was Samantha. Tubic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, you said Miranda, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, where she's like... Yeah, <gasps> yeah she's like, okay, come on, come it's, on. Put it in, it's like, I haven't put in yet. Oh, and my God, like, you're not in yet. Yeah, she's yeah. like, oh, okay, boy. <laughs> you know? and she has a joint. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's like... And then he goes, and then she's like... Or, no, sorry, I'm thinking of a different one. Remember the one with the small dick? And she's like, okay, put it in. Oh, I was yeah. like, it is in. See, baby. And she's like, oh, I think we should just be Yeah, back. that's the gospel or, scene. No, actually, in the big dick one, he has it in. She's like... <gasps> and he's like, okay, I'm going to go in now. And she's like, <laughs> But those, like, what makes me, what would frustrate me if I was Samantha is the fact that Kim those scenes, Samantha. if I was if I was Kim, Kim, sorry, if I was Kim, what would frustrate me is the fact that, like, that, those scenes is what made Sex and City the show it is. Yeah. Because it was so explicit 
sex hadn't been shown on a series like that and that's why my mum and everyone's mum was like don't be watching that because like, that is the salt that you need in a show like that if they'd all been like Harry and had their little bras on and like you know had a freaking romantic <laughs> two second show they wouldn't have made anything. it because it would have just been like friends but shit yeah, because Friends was like the PG. Like every now and again, they'd say the word vagina or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Friends was like at the same time. You have to realize these were huge shows. There was no Netflix, no fucking YouTube. Like TV. there was a Tuesday at nine PM for Sex City type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. T- TV was where it was at. So like you know, Friends was going on, which was the PG version, and then there was Sex and the City, which was like this whole other thing, and. That's what separated... I mean, they always compare Friends to Sex and the City because they were the biggest TV shows of the time. Yeah, because they literally ran the same time. They finished the same year as well, 2004. Yeah, they ran the exact same time. And they were on, like... Friends was on, like, just before Sex and the City or something like that. Yeah. It was, like, they were on at, like, nine. And Friends was, like... I look back at Friends and they there's sexual... Like, oh, there is, yeah. It was still on at, like, nine o'clock or something. Like, it was still, yeah. like, nighttime yeah. TV. But Sex and the City was, like, explicitly yeah. what yeah. made it so... But, yeah, it's and, I mean, it's well, in as well. the freaking title. But anyway, we've talked about how much we love Sex and the City. <laughs> I'm trying to get onto the scandal. Because yeah. we know... Our listeners know how much we love it, okay? Mm. But what has happened is there's all this drama between the wages. There was also drama between the nudity, as we were talking about, between who is being shown what then, which really... This is the part of the story that made me be like, oh, I felt so bad for Kim Cattrall. That apparently... Like, apparently... Kim Cattrall was very ballsy and she was very much like outspoken about how she felt like she was being kind of screwed over in the show and that kind of made the other three turn against her because apparently and this is just all you know rumors but Cynthia Nixon and Kristen Davis were a little bit more like walkover-y I guess they were just kind of happy to be acting but you have to remember that Kim Cattrall was quite a big actress when she was mm-hmm. signed on and so was Sarah Jessica Parker like, they were two just, stars yeah. they were big actresses you know that way mm-hmm. so you know I think she was very much like this is fucking bullshit and the other two were probably like just let, like fuck it I'm getting my paycheck I don't give a fuck you yeah. know so they kind of took Sarah Jessica Parker's side and then oh it broke my heart this story remember the episode where they go to Atlantic City <gasps> yes yeah. so apparently where they're best friends yeah together they're like besties the of the world Sarah Jessica Parker is pregnant yeah so Sarah Jessica Parker Cynthia Nixon and Kristen David aka uh, Carrie Miranda and Charlotte all rented a house together and didn't invite uh, Kim Cattrall and Kim Cattrall had to rent her own house down yeah. the road with her husband I and read that they didn't this was the season where it was going really shit like apparently like they would only speak to each other during lines that was the shortest um, season. season 5 because she was prag yeah. yeah so that was that made me feel really bad for her because I was like that must just be fucking shit like that you've got these three because fair enough all of you hate each other then whatever but like the fact that the three of them were living in a house together while filming Knowing like, that they're probably going to be going back to the little house talking about yeah. how you yeah. work or just like, and also it must be so fucked up to like be going to work pretending, playing that you're best friends and then going home and, you know, having yeah. like, just having to squash that truth to to your job. So Jack, what do you think about all that goes? Whose side we on, basically? I can't, I don't know, like. Just going back to that, like, I remember reading that, I think they justified the reason why she's by herself is because she's with her husband. So, like, I think they had a reason as to what, mm. when Kim went to the house, she's with her husband, that's mm. why they were in the three houses, which is kind of, like, pushing her even further away. It's like, oh, but you have a reason to be off by yourself, mm. so it's fine. Um, I don't know, like, 
a part of me thinks on the one side that she's just gone through something extremely tragic. Her brother just died. Yeah. I feel like she's in a bit of... It's a very dramatic time to be in this. out, maybe. And a part of me thinks she's actually in a period of, like, unreality where she probably is, like... She's confronted this really tough time. She doesn't know exactly mm. what to do. And she sees this person who obviously hasn't been good to her say, like, hope you're okay, hon, blah, blah, blah. I'd say yeah. she just freaked out and was like, fuck you, you've been a terrible person to me. I'd say maybe she wouldn't have freaked out if this whole drama with the movie hadn't gone on. Because mm-hmm. that was kind of like kindling on the fire, you know? It's like she was, like, rejecting the script. Then Sarah Jessica Parker apparently kept pushing her to do the movie. And then it was like Sarah Jessica Parker was doing all this press, being like, we are, we're hoping to do the movie. And Kim Trapp was like, I fucking said no. We're not doing the movie. She said no two years ago. Yeah. But if you, yeah. if you look at the way that um, Christian... Charlotte, we'll just use their fucking yeah. Who are we try to be? Yeah, I can barely remember her fucking. Yeah, I can barely. I'm like, I'm like Christian. Oh yeah, Christine. Christine. Yeah. Christine But um, Charlotte and um, Carrie both came out and made it very obvious in their statements that the only reason the movie mm. wasn't going ahead was because of Samantha. And then Samantha got a ton of like huge Sex and City fans being like, "Come on!" Like, which is terrible. Which is horrible. Which is yeah. Just like, so she's and a like, sixty-year-old like, I'm still a fucking actress. I'm still acting. Mm. Can you not just get on my? And I get that. Like, unfortunately, like, you know, Jennifer Aniston will always be Rachel. Yeah. You know, when you have a huge, big, culty, like, yeah. iconic yeah. show. It's like, like whenever that, I watch a show and fucking David Schwimmer's in it, I'm like, ah, Ross. Like, oh, you'll always, never not always. be Ross. Yeah. But, it, like, even Rilo does that. And he's on, like, he didn't wasn't even around for, like, the fucking exactly. show. Exactly. It's, it's iconic. He's like, what, Ross is in Madagascar? Like, yeah, I know where. Ross is everywhere. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, so from what I read, um, apparently a friend of Samantha's came out and was just like, it's been years of them directing this to her and her having to take it and her having to be the... What's so frustrating for me as a... I'll, I'll give my opinion. What's so frustrating is the fact that the movies, like, people say, oh, they like the first one. I think both of the movies were just absolutely shy compared They're shy. to the movies. Yeah. They're shy. Like, the first movie was good of, like, token. Because I remember, like, I was about, was 2008 it came out, was it? I was, like, 18 and... I, I yeah. just kind of finished all the series and stuff and then it was like oh and then I just finished the series and they announced they were doing a movie so it was kind of like yay and I think I I think it was more like I really wanted to like it so I liked it but I'm sure if I, I haven't rewatched it I liked it I was so disappointed like I was like in Sex and the City obsession with my college friends when um like when it ended and then the movie came out and everything and like we made such a show we literally wore heels to the cinema (laughs) so but like we were dying for this cinema so like what do you mean with like the what were were your point with the whole like drama thing that like everyone loved the well the fact that like I mean I'm sorry no one wants to see yeah. these haggard. Like I remember when I fucking watched the movie. The it had been a good well. few years since the um, since Sex and City had ended, yeah. and it was on the big screen. Steve was grey. He had wrinkled. Like they all looked haggard, and there was like it just didn't work. Like the show was like women in their thirties, like figuring out single life. It didn't work when it moved on to the movie because no. like what? And it didn't make sense. The stories didn't evolve in a like any realistic kind of way. So I think it was like Samantha from a creative sense or kind of like giving the show certain integrity she was like it doesn't work we're too uh, like it's dead it's fucking done it's an amazing series it was fabulous we can't keep flogging a dead horse for Mm. money she was like and on top of that it's not like she got on with them you know it's like 
like, so I want to talk about the kind of older drama because I find that way more interesting than this drama to be honest I find this drama like sad because obviously someone's fucking brother died and I can understand why she lashed out and blah 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 the older drama interests me because I can kind of see like both sides like where I was reading this whole thing as I was saying and there was even like there was actually pretty good and like you know unbiased or whatever where they were talking about both sides but they were saying like all the stuff that Kim Cattrall was doing and like that whole thing about the Atlanta house that's so fucking sad and like leaving her out and blah 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 <clears throat> but then apparently Chris, Chris North who's Mr. Big mm. he did this quote where he was like he was like there was always two really big personalities on set and he's again let me just say he's like every actor on a TV show gets, gets someone called a van person which is basically someone who follows you around with makeup sponges and uh, like hair stuff just to make sure you look perfect you look okay. all yeah. the time and he was like everyone gets one Kim Cattrall had three Oh, okay. So she's a bit of a diva. He was like, she had... Chris North came out and said that? Yeah. A.K.A. Big. Big. So Big said that. And he didn't say anything like he doesn't like her in there, but he was like, just let it be known on record that she had very... And like, that's not a bad thing to have a high opinion of yourself, especially in a fucking... Not good timing though, hon. Like, like, it's not... But not... Like, in a cutthroat industry like Hollywood, like, fair foot... She's clearly a strong woman, you know? Yeah, but I think Big would have known exactly what I was doing. Like, fair enough, he said, like, that's a, a passing statement yeah he oh he knew like what he was saying he knew exactly because then i remember in the pierce morgan um interview <laughs> samantha was basically was uh just kind of saying like trying to eradicate that she was a diva mm. and that's what basically all she was saying was how she's not a diva yeah yeah she was like oh, which is I like the lazy doth protest too much yeah it can be like that so that kind of made me be like that's really interesting because I think what it, for me, what it was behind the scenes in the 90s and in the 2000s mostly was like two really big personalities that were never going to melt. Because if someone feels entitled to something, which, you know, people use the word entitled as a negative thing, but it's like, you know, people can just feel like that's my career goal or whatever, and it's taken away from them, they get fucking angry. So I'm like... That's interesting though you say that. It's kind of like both of them. You know that way? It's like they both were just... They never saw eye to eye. Well, it's like two powerful women in the same... It's almost like a ring match, like a boxing match. Like pitted against each other to fight against each other. Yeah. And worse, we as people are so intrigued intrigued in that. That's why it's such big news. Totally. It's so interesting. What I think about um, Samantha and Carrie is the fact that the show was called Sex and City. I remember when I was a kid and... Like before it had even hit screens, there were big billboards with each, like with I think it was Carrie, like along the skyline of New York, like you know, like the way people would sit in a piano, like that was the billboards. Yeah, were around fucking Dublin, and it was like sex on a billboard. Yeah, it was the crazy. Word, was We've like, spoken about that in all yeah. of our sex city because it was I just mental. Found it was mad, but I feel like I can totally get like Samantha's point. She was exactly what the show was about. She was. Like, from the first ever episode, Samantha comes out and she, the first ever episode, she's like, this is Samantha. When they did the, they used to do these introductory parts in the first uh, season. And she was like, I am a woman who wants to have sex like a man. So she introduced the whole kind of, like, the groundwork of the show. And I'd say she was just like, hold on, I am the show. I am what, like, without me, the show is just three randomers bopping around. (laughs) Yeah. Like, she is, like, you know, the whole meaning. And but being like, free and being independent. Yeah. And, like, and she's like, and mm. I'm not getting the same pay as Carrie, who, like, she wasn't... Like, when you look back at Carrie, she was sexually closed. Samantha was always... She was, like, the kind of... 
they'd bounce stuff off Samantha, and Samantha would be she was the most she was the only open one under the three. Fucking Carrie couldn't even go out with a bi guy without actually very true actually. Kristen, uh, freaking Charlotte, apparently is the most promiscuous of the whole season. She is the most sexually exportive. I, I read an article on that. Like, well, the she had the shit that, Yeah, and the shit, but the shit she did sexually as well. She was actually the most just like, okay. She'd she, be up for everything. Yeah, she yeah. was apparently, But she was, though. Throughout the show, she was open for a lot, I think. Remember the anal thing? She was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but she was still very judgmental. So she that was, was the one yeah. friend. I know what you mean. I'm just saying. Judged. It was like a funny no, I, thing. Yeah, no, no. That is mad because I didn't know I remember when I read that. that yeah, when I read that article, nice. I was like, that's actually crazy. She was constantly getting laid. Even though you think of her as, like, the virgin. crazy things. With Trey, I remember her being like, I do took a sling to sleep. But I think that would be really hard to swallow with Samantha being like, I'm putting myself out there. I'm doing the, these huge sexual, mm. like, sexual scenes. As an older woman, her she looked amazing doing them and everything, but it must have been quite intense to do those scenes. But at the same time, just to play devil's advocate, as we love to do, she wasn't getting paid, like, the least. She was just getting paid, like, a little bit less than Sarah Jessica Parker, who was the executive producer. And he was doing more work, apparently. Well, the executive producer is a bigger role. Yeah. Like, being a producer means that you foot in some of the money to make the show. Like, that's what being a producer means. You're helping produce the exactly, show. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, produce, yeah. So it's like, you know, she would have been on, like, set. Now, I understand why she was annoyed about this as well, but, like, she would have been involved in, like, writing the scripts and a bigger job so it's like she made the most then Kim Cattrall made the most but uh, Miranda and Charlotte made equal so it's not like she was like being paid like fucking pennies like she was oh, she's still having yeah. a gorgeous lifestyle yeah Absolutely. but I, I get I, I think for me that's what it is it's just like two big fucking personalities who were big career women who you know fair fucks them neither of them's ever backed down but unfortunate that I was on a show about being best friends <laughs> well, and it's so completely positive. false. Yeah, exactly. The way they were perceived in the show is completely different to the way it is obviously in real life. Which, as a fan, is just which devil. is kind of like, is it devil? Is it? Are we sad about that? Does it make us see the show differently when it, we watch it? It doesn't make me see the show differently, but like, I hate knowing it. Mm. You know, when you know, you find out something, you're just like, I wish I didn't know. Like, because now, especially now, after I haven't watched an episode since all this has come I out. Have I? Lindsay, have you? No, and. No. If I was to watch it, one of the episodes where, like, you know, the one where Samantha's walking down the road with Carrie, and she's like, That's how old is too old? And I'm like, I hate thinking the fact that they fucking hated each other. I got, I, I honestly think that the acting in the show is just written and acted so amazing. So well. I will be like, oh, but then I'll watch it, and I'll be like, no. This, like, this show, regardless what went on behind the scenes, we'll never know. We'll never know, yeah. like, exactly what happened. But, like, it doesn't matter to me because, like, the scenes with Carrie and Samantha was actually the most kind of, like, True, ironic they, thing yeah. about the whole thing. Their scenes are just so tender together. Like, the scene, like, Carrie first told Samantha that she, um was having an affair with Big. And Samantha's reaction was mm. so non-judgmental and she was, like... How was it? You know, yeah. just those kind of scenes. They had such. You would have. Thought, it just really shows what amazing actors they, they all are, are. Like for sure, because like they all. That's why the rumor mill was so strong because when it, that started to leak, that there was like all this shit going on between them. No one wanted to believe it because then you'd watch the show and you're like, like even be. before this, I was just like, there's no way they fucking hate each other because I'm like, you just can't act like that around someone who you fucking hate because like. 
you're filming 80 hours a week, you know, it's not yeah. like, you know, popping in like a soap opera where you go in, you know, four or five hours a day, but it's like fucking intense. Maybe that's why it justifies why she's so angry. Like, that's why Kim posted that photograph. It's mm. just so impossible for her to contain that anger. Very you know? good point. You know, like... It has I, to crack at some point. Yeah. And I think just like with the brother and everything, she's just like, I can't cope with this. They need to know exactly what she's like. We'll never know exactly what she's like. Mm. I do agree, though. I mean, bad timing for... Uh, I mean, your brother dies. Would you really care what, like, your friend is saying? Like, an old... I'm not friend or whatever. I mean, uh, you, uh, like we spoke earlier, you don't know how you're going to act when something horrendous happens and when you're in grief. But I do think that it wasn't the best move to do something when she was clearly really emotional. Yeah. And she probably, like... like Poor Kim probably had so much on her plate dealing with like a funeral and all that, and then she did kind of put more in her plate because I'm sure she got was getting like the backlash, the huge backlash calls. Saying media. that though, like I mean, at the same time, and you know, this is you know beyond the point. I understand you don't know how you're going to act, blah blah blah. Like I've known people who've like you know had a death in their family, and then like their ex best friend will come and it like. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of like we've still been through something. And like to give Sarah Jessica Parker, I actually think Sarah Jessica Parker probably is a bit of a fucking bitch, to be honest. I don't really like her as a, like, she never really endears me as like a person or whatever. But like, and King Patrol does kind of more endear me. I think she seems like I'd get on with her more. But like, mm. At the same time, like it's like it's not like she was like, and now is the reason why we should do sex in the city three. It was like, I get it. Like you're giving out your condolences. Yeah, maybe it wasn't in the most tasteful manner. You did it on fucking Instagram, but like, what isn't done on Instagram these days? Well, like I mean, Kim Cattrall was it was on Instagram. She put up the thing. Yeah, exactly. Up, not, so it was lost, and then the death point, actually, on yeah. Instagram. Thank it's kind of like so. you know, people do these things, like you know. You know, the, when there's deaths, like, we've known, like, people in the past few years who have, like, unfortunately passed away. And, like, I've known it from Instagram. No? Like, she didn't make a big hoo-ha. She wasn't, like, Kim and I have been great friends. You know, she wasn't lying. She just... This is condolences. Hope yeah. you're okay. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Like, your brother died, you know? Yeah. It's like... And, she, like, yeah. I mean, how can you not say something? But and death does put certain things in perspective. Like, I would hope, personally, that if something like that happened to me that it would maybe be a building bridge kind of thing. Mm. Like, I mean, because if they, if it was, if the basis of the arguments were money, what's wealth if you're dead? <laughs> you know, it means nothing. Like, at the end of the day, they're both incredibly wealthy women, so if they weren't getting paid, like, who fucking cares? They're both I loved. think the crux of the argument was ego. Yeah. Absolutely. That's it's- where it stems from. It's ego covered in money. But it's ego. It's like, oh, she's not. She's getting paid more than me. They don't care about the money. They care about the fact that like someone being paid more than you means they're more valuable. Yeah, but they, the girls, don't even say it themselves. Remember, mm. uh, Samantha said in the interview that she just wasn't nice. Sarah Jessica Parker just wasn't nice. It's never them saying truthfully what I think it actually was about. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's I from Samantha's point. I do think she get she gets so frustrated mm. that um, with Carrie with. This my, oh, what's her fucking name? Sarah Jessica <laughs> Parker's on persona and interviews and stuff. She's really sweet and cookie and so cute and innocent. And if she's not like that, that would be in That would be really yeah. great. Like, imagine yeah. if I, I mean, was like, that happens. being like, oh, a total bitch. And then as soon as I was out in public, I was like, hee Yeah. I mean, we all know someone like that, right? Yeah. Like, this well, that's the thing. We all do know people like that. We've all been in situations before, a little bit, not the exact same situation. Yeah. Where but you know someone. Friends and that you don't know what to do. And always, or someone is like a total bitch. 
attention to you but then like your mum will come in the room like when I remember that as a teenager like you'd have like this mean friend over and your mum will come in the room and they'd be like hello Evelyn how are you you look gorgeous like, you're a fucking bitch and then you're they lying. leave and then it's like really yeah so it's, it's hard to swallow but it is just a part of life but it is so interesting but it also is so annoying because it's literally like can you leave our show alone please mm, it's like you're ruining the show for us too now it's like fair enough the show for you is fucking dust Mm. please Maybe fans yeah like we need it like i it's so funny you know just to wrap it up that a show that probably like inspired friendship in so many people was kind of like built off a lie i don't also know inspired like, women supporting women that whole like when i was talking yeah. women. Okay, so to wrap this up, I want to ask you guys. Okay, so there has been a few fans I've seen have been, like, trying to um, push this happening. That if they were to write a script without Samantha, like maybe Samantha died after the cancer or whatever, what do you think of that? I heard that, that yeah. Because apparently they have the script ready. And all they'd have to do is write out Samantha. What do you and think? Sarah, do you think Parker, Sarah Jessica Parker came out and said they're thinking of it. Oh, my God. That's intense, isn't it? She actually did come out and was like, we're actually considering writing Samantha out of the script. What do you think, Jack? Oh, I don't know. I actually can't imagine. Like, I think she does it so well. Like, I think Samantha recommended Oprah. I, is that me thinking crazy or something? She I think Samantha recommended <laughs> Oprah to replace her, which is... Oh, which, yeah, she did do I something I think it's like, like we should have a, a black person to replace me, which is absolutely fabulous, but... I just think she's... Not Oprah, though. She, but Oprah, yeah. Like, I think I mean, Samantha was it's Samantha. It's just like there's Oprah inside. Like, it's like what we were talking about with Ross being Ross. It's like Oprah's just Oprah. Oprah like. can do but Samantha. Then, honest, Let's though, just be clear. Oprah apparently is a bit of a les and all. Maybe she could be randomly like... <laughs> can she be married to Maria? What's her friend Gail? Bing! <laughs> Oprah's Bing! Bing pong! I'll make yeah. a fire. You want another firework? You want a little firework? Those will be like, you want another firework? Yeah. Oprah you got is... a firework. You get a firework. <laughs> <laughs> I would die to see that. No, I would like. I, I would. I like. I mean, put it this way: I'm fucking against the movie in Jen. If they fucking wrote Samantha out of it, it'd be end of feminism. I'd be one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, this has already ruined my perspective of the show. It'd ruin even more if Samantha is put out. I'm different. I would like it. What? I just think, I I think... I would love to see it crash and burn because it couldn't like I you would, wouldn't like the actual film I mean I'd watch it and be like, of course watch but it. I think I would just I just I think it's so interesting to see like super successful people still flogging something that's like I just it, for anything for me what I've learned is just like if something's finished leave it like creativity creatively or whatever yeah leave it like you can't I guess what it, it is is I'm, like I mean that paycheck like I remember I read in that fucking article again Jesus but at the end of it they kind of wrapped it up it was like this whole synopsis of the whole thing it was actually fucking stunning yeah link me how I think it was Daily Mail and um Mm -hmm. at the end of it they were talking about like how much they made in the last movies because that was a big thing in the last movie that's why there was so much product placement and stuff because they were literally like this is our last big paycheck like apparently Kim Cattrall even said it she was like I'll do it for the fucking money let's get it out there and that's why there was all this like you know product placement so I think it was don't quote me but I'm pretty sure it was something in and around where um, Sarah Jessica Parker made 15 million 
Kim Cattrall made 10 million and then Kristen Davis and Cynthia Nixon made 5 million each. Wait, so you made three times more? Yeah. She produced the movie, I think. She was yeah. executive producer for the You make a fucking shit... T- she would get money on other shit. That's why it makes sense that she wants a third film. Exactly. That's a lot of money. She'd back. be making about 20 million from a new film, like, easily, because you know they'd sell it's that shit in their shit interest out. to push a third film. Especially after all this. Yeah. So, like... And Sex and the City has had such a rebirth with Instagram. Yeah. Like, like it's never been bigger, to be honest. It really yeah. hasn't. Like, there's so many different accounts. So, like, you know... With them, I understand what you mean by the creative thing, but like, I mean, I don't blame them. Like, I mean, come on! If you had a guaranteed fifteen million know, for three, you would push the third. Who gives a fuck? They can't, you can't live off fifteen million. Their lifestyles? You joking me? I, I, don't, I just don't understand the kind of money. I probably never will. So you know I, mean? No, I mean, it's completely incomprehensible. I don't understand celebs because if I was a celeb, I'd probably do one series and be like, "That's grand." Like, then you wouldn't be a celeb anymore. That's the whole thing. It's like yeah. the, the real celebs are the ones working, working, working. They are all like, look at Rihanna constantly working I know it's just mad to me like it's, it is insane that's why yeah we're not one that could you know like what that, like that's why like I would never be a celeb because mm. I like just chilling out with my mice too much drinking like an outside is I know yes. yeah. but, but apparently you would, like 15 million actually isn't that much money which mm, is mad yeah but especially like how'd you go bankrupt at 15 million you especially I mean? with your lifestyle yeah. Her gaff is worth probably about twenty five million. Her, her gaff, oh, her gaff is oh, you know oh. what I mean. So it's like your lifestyle at that point is at a different level. So it's like the upkeep you need on the lifestyle. Like mm. you know, you can't all of a sudden be like, "Hey, now I'm going to move into the semi-detached gaff in freaking Fairview." Yeah, like, you can't you know just be chill and have cans in your brownstone and chill. It's not like you, you yeah. Just, you know what I mean? It's like your life is a different level at this point. So, but yeah, I I kind of want them to flog. I want them. I would. For me, it's like it's already fucking destroyed to a certain extent the way they've literally publicly shamed the show. Mm. I think, go on, make your other show. It will be more embarrassing. And I would like to see, in that regard, Kim being like, I stepped out. And I'd like to see the underdog kind of take it. Like, I'd like to see them... It'd be a bit of a flop. I don't. I would hate. I'd hate to see that. It wouldn't be a flop as well. It would. Loads of people will go see it. That's but just like creative. Like Creatively, that. I would just, it would just be like, ugh. Yeah, like, like the second film. I know, I I'm nosy now. I'm nosy now because I hate that they've been like, we had an amazing script. I'm like, can you not just release the script and we can read it as a book? Like, <laughs> we can. Dream. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. We will. We, we will. will. We will. We will. So, so we're gonna move on to our outsider yeah. moment. Base from Jack. Outsider, as you all know, is all about being your motherfucking self, feeling yourself, and being, you know, living outside the bloody boundaries that society makes for you. (laughs) And owning it. About yourself, full stop. Yeah, so this Outsider moment brought to you by Outsider, our favorite fucking cider in the world, is all about. Being cool versus I don't give a fuck. And hey, that's actually give a fuck about you. So if you remember last week's um, outsider moment was when you're on the train or like waiting for the train, you're Happily ignoring ignored. people and you're just chilling it out. This time it's an Jack. There's like nail dust in that. I think. Oh god! Oh, careful, <laughs> careful. Literally. Oh, my nail station. Nail glitter. Nail glitter. Um, okay, so this week's outsider moment is when 
you bump into someone that you maybe haven't seen in a few years, but you've been following online on different social media outlets. So you may not have seen them IRL, but you know exactly what I went up to. And, you know, most people go into themselves and are like, oh. You've got a um, snap phone. You're pretty big on snap, snappy wappy. How are you getting on? Yeah, the but, radio. Yeah, like, but my favorite was Jack in these situations. I, what do you do, Jack? I am obsessed with small talk. Like I literally will yap on. Like people hate it, and I was saying it to people more today. I was like, I love the dart. <laughs> and be able to chat to people. Like, <laughs> I will persistently try to get people to talk about, like, it's like, oh, so, um, heard you were in Portugal with your ex-boyfriend and it was his birthday yesterday. How was that? Like, someone I haven't seen in three years. That you've definitely just been following on social media and, and picked yeah. this all yeah. up from. Like, so you come here, you've, you've unfollowed Catherine. Yeah. Oh, I've seen that you have unfollowed and re-followed him again. So what is, <laughs> you can just talk to me there about that for a second, please. <laughs> And I just think, like, I know we all do it. Yeah. Because I know the minute you stop judging people on that stuff, they just come out clean. Yeah. Like, so, Jack, yeah. I see you were there, blah, blah, blah. Like, they just, we all, yeah. I think we all kind of are like that. Yeah. It's so much better to just own it because, like, I think because we are the generation of just, like, we grew up with not, not having internet and now we do have it. And it's, like, another the part of existence. So, we, we still kind of seem to pretend that we don't. We're like, oh, uh, like, you know, you're both friends on Facebook mm. and all those things. And you're like, oh, so what have you been up to? They might have liked it. They might have yeah. seen it, and they're like, "Oh, so he's still in college." It's like you know, yeah. I got the job. Like you know, you I'm know working yeah. here. Or like it, it happens. <laughs> it, it happens to me as well. Like people are like, "So what are you doing with yourself?" And I'm like, "You freaking follow it girls on Instagram." <laughs> like you know what? You've seen my live videos, me talking about bloggers and all. Like you I, know what and I they're do. They're always the people, the quiet people who come up popping up in the live. Yeah, and they're like, "So what are you? Are you up to anything else but your job?" And I'm like. You saw me bare uh, all little. Do you actually yeah. see them in live videos sometimes? Like they're like, and so they, you see them in dumb stores and they like pretend to not know, but they're in live video. Like, yeah, that's it's mad. It all the so night. it's like I would prefer, you know. Yeah, but we are we are the generation that usually. But girls, freaking do it. It's if you see someone month. unfollow someone, go up to them and ask them why they did it. Yeah, the only, only way, and also then you'll be the bearer of the gossip. Yeah. You will know the gossip. So mm-hmm. thank you, Outsider, for sponsoring another fucking fabulous Outsider moment. Um, we are now going to go into the second part of our show. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. This is a serious topic, isn't it? It is. We're now into more... Mm-hmm. Well, not serious, just more like... It is more serious than this emoji. we've done in the past while on yeah. the podcast. It's yeah. <laughs> something that affects everybody, to be honest, yeah. in Ireland. So why do we talk about... Talking about emigration. Leaving the country in a tennis I was like, I got a job to the degrees. I know, I was like, what did you say? The E word? Joe Duffy on for this segment. We're going to bring up a few numbers here. There's 20% of people So, no, we're not talking about in that boring way. The way we are talking about it is that we, I mean, Ireland in general, right, is a country of emigrants, as in people leave this fucking country. All the time. Since you know, I mean, since what the famine? Since the f- literally the famine. How <laughs> freaking boats and stuff. Yeah. Mm. So on boats, like I mean, they were on boats. Just over to England with it. No, the US, America. Oh yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah, coffin <laughs> boats. Yeah, over to England. 
They went, just popped over to England, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's the only way they could play. They wouldn't even survive. They'd die on the boat Most on the way over. Most of them died on the boat on the way over. Disease yeah. and all that stuff. Take yeah. them away three months to get over there. Yeah. Anyway. So it's part of our history, anyway. It is. Huge part of our history that, you know, and it's a thing that people say about Irish people is that, like, for such a small country, Jesus Christ, have we got our finger in every pie? Like, yeah. you can be in freaking China and there'll be an Irish pub. I saw Irish person in China, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot you were in, our, in China. Course. One single Irish person I saw, which is the only Where guy. Where did you see them? I saw him like a supermarket. It was like, what? <laughs> it's like Asian market, except yeah. like. And he's like, what's ginger? Yeah, yeah, literally. I was like, what? This is literally haven't seen any other white person, but an Irish yeah. guy. I don't think I've ever been to a country and not. No, I've always heard an Irish person. person. My friend Dan was um, climbing Mount Everest, and there is a freaking Irish pub. Up on Mount Everest. You're joking. <laughs> somewhere, I'm sort of speechless. Somewhere, to be honest, up like. to, somewhere, and there's another one on um, uh, an Indi- an Indonesian island. There's some random like Paddy's Bar. So we are <laughs> literally on these random islands in Indonesia. We are a country where we really have touched many uh, lands. And many lands, many, uh, yeah, <laughs> so, like, but like you know, the Irish touch is there. Definitely, and we. You know, so our generation, at least, you know, the millennial generation, probably go for very, I think, go for very different reasons than our parents and our grandparents and all have gone from, except for the ones who went for the recession or AP. Yeah, perfect. But, you know, we weren't, I hadn't left, when I left college, it was still like semi-recession, but it wasn't like... 2010. the boring side of the recession. What we're no, but what I'm saying is the reason why people emigrate <laughs> is usually because there's no jobs. Mostly, oh, right, people yeah. leave now because they want a better life, better exactly. lifestyle, better glass. What we want to discuss like, is just like the unspoken kind of. Because I feel like, yeah, we have different like the three of us here. All have our own different stories with moving and not moving and all mm-hmm. that. So, shall we start with our own? Yeah, start with our own little emigration stories or staying yeah, stories. What y'all did, Jack Guest of Honor. Yes. So Jack I'll start the emigration yeah. story. So tell yeah. us. So what was your? So I've departed like twice, I think now. So I originally went to America for one year in college, and that felt like a very like big thing at the time. When you're 20 so years old, so what was that? An Erasmus kind of thing. An Erasmus thing went for a year. For a whole year. Uh, and you know when you're 20, I just turned 20. A year is literally like you may as well be moving a for a lifetime. A lifetime when you're 20 years old. 20, so young. I was like a little, just turned 20. Can't drink over there. <gasps> yeah. So it felt like a you're very a big, big change. <laughs> and I, well, of course, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I've got one can, I'm fine. No. Yeah, Jack, like, doesn't drink. Do you think maybe that was what started you? Yeah, it <laughs> probably could be. America so changed me, to be better honest. Better life. A better life for myself. Um, so <laughs> I went there for a year, came back, obviously, to finish college, and then I went again to move to London last year and came mm-hmm. back this year. So how long were you out of college uh, before there? you went to London? Um, I was at college for about a year, a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you finished college, were you like, I'm getting out of here? I th- yeah, when I finished college, no, I think it's a bit of, I want, no, I think a better life for myself. I wanted to leave, want to do new things. And mm. Like, what's the word we said? Like, more an unexpected reality. Of yeah, all well, you're just so optimistic, I feel. Yeah. Like, you know... Like, you're just so, like... I think that's what I mean when I was talking about, like, Irish people always leaving. It's in our history to be, like, leaving and it'll be better. Yeah. Like, it's this yeah. whole thing that's, like... And then you leave and it's better when you're somewhere else. And it's, like... And then you're... Make, everyone thinks you're deadly because you've moved away. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's, like... some a lot. I think a lot of people now, and we'll get into it later on or whatever, 
it is kind of like a default thing of like I finish college and I move away or almost I kind of feel uh, people who would watch me and everything like that would know that I obviously haven't moved mm. I do think there's also so like a bit of a shame of staying it's like you've made you've, you've made it if you have moved to London yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. New York whatever. If bigger and better things to, yeah kind of exactly thing. like I mean you can make it in Ireland but if you've made it in London or somewhere else somewhere another city yeah it's more it's, official or yeah. it's more you're established so yeah. how long were you in London for? I was in London for about seven eight months I think and you were working and stuff over there I was working yeah? and stuff over there mm-hmm. and then came back in June so yeah. Lindsay what was your experience with emigration obviously because yours is different yeah so obviously I went to college and I got pregnant with Rilo in college so mm-hmm. then I didn't complete my degree and I had a baby and many you know people travel when they have kids even if they're a single mom like I was after when Rilo before he was two I was a single mom so I I mean if I was going to be traveling it was going to be with a kid. I, people have yeah. done it, but just not my vibe. And I also, I kind of, you know, I lived quite close to my parents when throughout, like, being a mother, the majority of the time. Well, I've always lived in Dublin, but I've lived quite close to my parents because I really, like, they have helped me the out so much. Everything, yeah. yeah, so I, I just didn't ever see it as an option for myself, but, um, and because it wasn't an option, I decided to make the best like possibility out of it for myself like mm. I didn't I didn't want to be someone who was like oh I could have moved if I had not been kids I would be in Thailand you know I wanted to be like you know really trying to just make the best and you have been like that yeah you are very positive about staying here and everything yeah I was like I was put in that position probably because of you know having a baby early but then maybe I wouldn't have been different if, it, if I hadn't had a kid well it's also like you may as well like embrace your own situation yeah. there's no point in resenting life and what life has thrown at you you know that way yeah, there's no totally. point in being like I could have been like, yeah. yeah but it did really make me kind of question the whole motives be- behind like people moving because I just felt I really I think every single day fall more and more in love with being in my home country yeah and mm-hmm. Seeing, like, I have had tons of friends from primary school, secondary school, college who've moved, and I've kind of seen it from, like, I've been solid in... Your foundation. Yeah, in my foundation. Yeah. I've been here, and um, so I've kind of not, like, I haven't experienced it firsthand, but I've seen, like, people coming and going and just the different way it affects different people. Mm. And, yeah, I've just, like, I think through having kids and raising my kids here and having my family who like my parents they lived in america for a year that was how much traveling they did it just really made me fall in love with my country and that's what we're going to talk about later but yeah, yeah i've lived in here i have the longest i've left ireland in my whole life in 30 is three weeks yeah but three a lot of people like that a lot of people three have weeks of hell i went to germany for three weeks balling like me and my sister fiona both are like, if we, like, I can do a week, but if I go for longer than a week, I, I will be you so homesick. I think it, but it is very different when you move somewhere to live. Like, it's a, it's but a different. Holidays. I can't handle holidays. But that's what I mean. <laughs> holidays are different. Like, a holiday for me, like, is different to, when you move away. So, like, say, for example, like, when, I'm sure it was the same for you, Jack, and, like, when I moved to New York or whatever, and I don't need to talk about my experience of moving away, people know. Um, that I lived in New York, whatever. And, like, I was kind of always, like, I, I every summer that I was in college, I moved away. 
I moved away to London one summer. The next summer, I moved to New York. And then when I finished college, like I, I was so yeah, like, you were literally gone. Well, I literally when I did my first day one in New York, I was like, I'm going to live here after college. Like I'm going here. I will live here for a year after college. Blah blah blah. And you would have to save, etc. etc. And then like when I finished college, I got a job. I didn't give a fuck what job it was. I was just saving to move to New York. Like it was just like a tunnel vision. You yeah. know that way. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm moving to New York blah 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 moved to New York it was deadly loved it etc etc moved back fab but like you know back because of the visa well yeah I moved back well my visa was up yeah Yeah. so it's like you know whatever but also I only went into it I wasn't like I'm gonna move to New York and stay there forever I was kind of like if it happened to happen but I was never like really set on it you know but like it's very different I think the mentality you are when you're emigrating towards mentality of a holiday because a holiday is like three weeks and you know you're coming home after the three weeks but, like, you know, when you're moving abroad, it's like, you're just like, you know, you kind of know what to expect. You're like, I'm away for a year. That's a very long time. And you break yourself for it. You prepare yourself for it. How do you yeah. prepare yourself for that? There's no way, really. You just have to get it settled in your mind. I, I think, first of all, you want to go. So you're probably expecting mm, it. Know yeah, exactly what yeah, you... True. And then some people, I think, are just built more for that than other people. Yeah, definitely. Like, definitely. some people do not ever want to leave. Like, Lindsay, you'd be happy to stay here. Like I, because, uh, you know, I've gone on family holidays before, and me and Fiona are the same. And we would be talking about the family holiday. Like, we're going to fucking Malaga for two it. weeks. Hmm. I'm like, okay, two weeks, two weeks. Okay, two weeks, I'm not my home. That's grand. I'm away for you. Like, I'd be trying to prepare myself. After about three days, I'd be like, okay, I want to go home. Like, at one, I once went on a family holiday, was supposed to go for two weeks. I booked flight home after about 10 days. I was like, I just can't. I can't. I can't. I think what it is is when you move away, it's like, it's not like you're in a hotel with your family doing nothing all day. You're... You know, when you move, like, say, when I moved to New York or whatever, or I'm sure it was the same with you when you mm. moved to London, it's like, you hit the ground running, you're getting a house, you're so fucking busy for yeah. the first, like, three months that, like, all of a sudden you're like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Because you have to, like, get a gaff, you have to get a job, you have to settle in your job, you have to understand the city, and you have to know where in you are. And just your abdomen of your life. Yeah. Just trying to make friends, working, and it's just, you're not, yeah, you're busy all the time. And, like, yeah. what we're talking about, like, to go into it, is, like, that kind of optimism that you get when you're emigrating. You're literally, like, my life is going to be better now. Yeah. But you actually say that your life was better. I think sometimes people think their life will be better and ends up not being the way they thought it was going to be. Toad, well, I'd say nine times out of ten. It's not what they thought so it would be. So yours actually was, it, your expectations were met then, of what you expected versus what your reality was. Uh, no, I don't think it ever is. Yeah. Because, I mean, how can your expectations be met on something you've never done before? Yeah. It's like your expectations are always going to be different because you expect X, Y, and Z, and then you're like, uh, like, yeah, I stayed the full year, I made loads of friends, I had a grand internship, you know, like, but... My expectations were fine. Like, I mean, my, my my experience was great. I liked it. But, like, I feel like when you're moving away, you're literally like, I'm leaving all of these people to dust. Goodbye forever. Yeah. Like, you're just yeah. kind of like, now you are all losers and you're staying here and I'm on to bigger and better things. But that's part of it, like, people coming back is people have that mindset that to go by forever and then you come back mm. and it's hard to settle back in again because you have that mindset that you'd never come back again. Yeah. You so know? Let's go into the optimism um part of it so you guys are speaking about like you know you would you kind of see grass is greener mm. um you know how 
how do you think that works? Because from what I know, like, I, I notice a lot of people, I've had a lot of friends, not you guys, to be honest, but, like, a lot of friends from college um, who I've kind of followed their journey from, you know, them deciding that they're moving somewhere and then the build-up where they're like, okay, so I have to save this much, this is what I have to do, I have yeah. to finish this course and yeah. then I'm going to move. And it's almost like their existence has paused until they make the move. Like... Well, it's a big decision to make, you know, it's like, it's a really big investment and you have to take it seriously. Like if you want to move somewhere, like there's loads of people like, yeah, I'm going to move. Fucking but that's what I was like for me. It was really? really sporadic. I applied for a job randomly, got an interview, went over to get it and I got the job. So, so you were like, it was kind of like, oh, I got the job without really planning for it. Sure. So okay. Like, okay. The job, I have to live there to have the job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like a mess. Like I got the job. I was like, okay, where am I going to live? I don't get paid a lot. Oh my God, well I do. So then I went over for a weekend oh my God. to try to find a place in London on my mini little salary. You're like 300 so, pounds a month? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm going to be like around everybody. In the Brighton be, area? Yeah. Literally, I'll be close to Surrey, <laughs> like, which is three hours away. So that's what my thing was. It wasn't planned. It was mm. like, oh, I randomly applied for that job, got it, and now I have to move to the Yeah. I do think you do that again. I don't think so. You were kind of thrown into it. I think I was just naive and didn't... I'm just not very planning-orientated. Like, stuff right. just kind of happens and I kind of go with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I think that's good to a certain extent because I don't think I would have done it if I planned it so much. Yeah. But on the other hand, you have to see how long do it. And I'm the exact opposite. Oh, are I'm you? I'm, like, such a planner. Oh, yeah. No, I literally am the most... I wing it and just hopefully be grand. And sometimes it does work out yeah. and sometimes it doesn't. It, and sometimes traveling does work. I do... I, I've known people who have randomly been like... Um, I'm moving away next week and they go and they're grand. I think it depends on your, as we were saying, your level of expectation. If your expectation is to move away to Spain and work in a bar, yeah, grand. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we're, what we're talking about, which um, when we were talking about this episode, we were just discussing like the breakdown and we were talking about, you know, when people make the decision that they want to move and they just have the, it's kind of like my life is paused and it's going to begin when I move. And I don't think it's as much as your pause, but what I mean is like you have to plan it. You I know? don't mean it in that regard. I mean that people are like people don't live until they literally move away. Like, Dublin's but, not creative. There's no nights out in Dublin. Blah 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 blah. I'm going to move and it's going to be all there for me. I do think like that's what I kind of mean with the whole optimism. But yeah, that, I'm not talking about that. Yeah, that some people kind of don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people that I know, it like literally. I think a lot of the time because we're talking about the optimism. Mm-hmm, thing, a lot mm-hmm. of the time, I feel like people can just be like. Fuck Ireland. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck Dublin. Nothing's going on here. There's no nightlife. Nothing's new. Like, and they can be really mm. down about Dublin. They can be like, I'm moving to Berlin, for example. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Oh, my God, Berlin's amazing. Yeah. Like, my mate just moved. And, like, the rent is so cheap and there's so many nights out. And, like, whatever. Like, they'll just... It's just, like... It's so negative. Do you want to drink any, Jack? I'm okay. I'm okay. Jenny's getting drinks. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, I, it's kind of negative towards Dublin and then being like, but when I get over there, it's going to fulfill what I'm lacking in my... I feel like you can get city. everything you want here. Like, you can get your good nights. Like, of course you can. Like, mm. if you put the effort in, you can find the people you want to be around. You can be the type of person you want to be. It just requires more effort than you would. Like, it gives you more of an effort if you have to go away, but you can do it all here, I feel. Do you agree, Lindsay? I totally agree. I feel like, I mean, even though I haven't moved away myself, I totally get that, like, it suits and works for some people. However, I feel like if you are moving away, I think that, like... Love it, love it, love it. 
<laughs> I think that, like, I just find myself... If people are moving away because they're, like, unfulfilled from a city, I feel like you could, like... But a city is a city no matter where you yeah. go. That's one thing that I learned. <coughs> Excuse me. Dab. I just dabbed. Just dab. Just dab. Just I, dab. Like, I was like, yeah. what? I just loved it. So what, one thing that I learned, and this is like coming off the kind of optimism thing, as I was never actually a big Dublin hater or whatever. I just was like... I, from what I wanted to do, I thought that the going... The best place was to go away. Yeah. I thought that like being in New York would be really beneficial to me. And to be honest, it really was for my career. It was really beneficial yeah. to have these internships on my CV that were from New York in these like good you know magazines or whatever. They were just, they were, it was a good experience for me. However, I had to like make sure that was my experience. Because a lot of people go over to New York and just work in fucking bars for the year. Which is like... How much of the people that go over is like that? Like, how many people are proactive, get good internships, in truth? Or how difficult is it to do that? Really hard. It's really, it's very hard because the internships are uh, mostly unpaid. I worked for free. So that's why I had to work so hard beforehand. I was saving all my So you my saved all your money before you went and then yeah. worked unpaid. Okay. So I worked unpaid. I, I, I got a job along with my uh, internship towards, like, the last four months of my um, uh, my time there. Um, because I was like, I need money for when I go home, right? Yeah. Like, you know. So you were working basically in Dublin for, so you could have a free. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here, yeah. Which is yeah. kind of, it's mad when you think about that, isn't it? Like yeah, you, I was saving all You were saving for... A year of not working, even though you were going to be working, basically. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I and that that's one thing, like, when I say I'm a planner, like, I knew what my end goal was. I was like, I want to get really good work experience, and I want to make loads of friends. And you knew that you weren't going to get paid, so you knew that you were exactly. going to save up so many but things. So too. many people go over there, and, like, they'll kind of do a bit of a job, and they'll get a job. And, like, I knew a lot of people just got job bar jobs which is like you know whatever but like you know moving to new york it's like it cost me like six grand before i stepped foot in the city no wait six grand what your visa That's your like flights yeah your, and you have to sit, you have to book your flights through the company you have to get your de- security deposit on your apartment like you know you've got a fucking shitload of money out, out of pocket before you basically have even been there a week. Mm. You know, that way. Yeah. It's like, it's a fucking shitload of money. And like, so... You have to plan it. You have yeah, to be... Yeah, you, you really do have to be like... a lot of people... I mean, you kind of went on your own. Mm-hmm. You knew people over there. But I know, like, from my experience of just people going over, I know a lot of people who maybe would have gone as a foursome, like four gals from yeah. college or a group from college and gone over. And they're just so focused on having fun that they, like, maybe would have an internship but wouldn't have been focusing on a it. Yeah. yeah. Or, they take, or they take any old internship. It's like, ah, oh, sure, that'll be grand. You know, but, or I was very... 
I knew the type of internship I wanted. I didn't want to bullshit. I knew that my the internship I got would have to be able to help me get a job when I left New York. Because I always knew I was coming home. You know, mm. I had this under That's interesting. So you weren't like, I'm going to stay here somehow, which people do do. A lot yeah. of people do. I yeah. was kind of like of the opinion where I was like, if the opportunity arose... Which I knew was very rare. But I was like, if the opportunity arose where someone was like, do you want to stay an extra year? I'd consider it. You know, that way. I yeah, was like, kind of like, yeah, I'd be like, it depends on the job, how happy I was, how the money was, you know, all the rest. So but you're very logical. You're like, you have it sorted out in your brain. A lot yeah. of people do not Totally. Like Jenny is a logical gal. Yeah, logical it girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's logical. Logical. Jenny's the logical one. Um... But I do think a lot of people romanticize sure. New York. Yeah. And obviously, like, being logical, you're like, it's not easy to stay there unless yeah. you're going to be illegal. But I think a lot of people would just be like, oh, it'll be grand, it'll yeah. work out. Sure, I'll work in a bar illegally. Mm. Like, I knew a girl, like, you know, not saying names, but I know a girl <laughs> who got freaking fake married. And, like, she's over so there. We know people like, yeah, we know people like that. We know people, it's just, yeah, like, it's, it's insane that you're over there in America. It's hard as fuck because you have to continuously prove it. If you want to yeah. and albums and everything. Continuously. Yeah. It's not but it's surprisingly common. It yeah. is. It's really. So, but, but, like, what I mean is that, like, that's kind of a wing and a thing to me. They're like, I'll stay here no matter what. I don't know how they do that. Like, I know, like, one of my good friends is, has been over there two years working in a bar. And over in New York, you don't even have a wage. You're working off your tips in bars. So, yeah. it just seems so. Well, cash. On sand. Like, how could yeah. I would be freaking out that Donald Trump and would you, walk into the bar and be like, where are the yeah. hell are you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I, also, I you can't leave. You can't leave. Your mother. And, yeah, it, isn't it? If you leave. Yeah. You can't go for 10 years or something, isn't it? You, you can never it. go. You can never go back to America again. No, pretty much not. Never back, come back to Ireland again. Like, just yeah. that is mad to me. You can go back to Ireland. You can go, yeah, you can go back to Ireland. You can't go back to America. Ever. Yeah. Ever. And all, like, I mean, you can, health insurance, banks, all that stuff is just like up in the air. I just. There's so many legals mad. there, though, that they have a system for. But yeah, you're basically not documented. Yeah. What I found mad in Ireland, sorry, in Boston in college there is, I was like, oh my god, I'm in Boston, how amazing is this? But everyone who was in college was American was like, why are you here? Ireland's amazing. And I was yeah, like... Especially in Boston though, because yeah, they're all Irish. They're right? all obsessed. But like, it's mad when you go away to these places, like even in London, they're like, why are you in London? Dublin's amazing. These English people. Yeah. And it's like, we always do that. It is. We grass think, is greener, you and know? It's, I think if you're even aware of that, it's a really good place to start. So yeah. how were the people in London? And I think it's an interesting thing to talk about people who move to these different cities so or areas, right? So yeah. big places of for the Irish people go are London, number one. Obviously, it's an hour away. Why not? Mm-hmm. Pop mm-hmm. over. Uh, London, Australia, Canada, and there is quite a few in New York. Yeah. So I know you were talking before, Lindsay, about the people you knew who went to London. Yeah. So I just think, I think, um, and this is what this segment we're going to be talking about, kind of like the differences of personalities when people do, because obviously personality is going to get um, affected by the place that you are. So I know from, I went to art college, NCID, shout out to my old college that I didn't complete. Shout out. Um, (laughs) But I, obviously in art college, it's definitely like a soundtrack to my um, years in NCID was just people premeditating, planning that like, oh well, there's no there's no creative scene here. I'll have to move. Especially like, in, with art, like I feel like yeah, it's exactly. like London is just like, everyone. To be honest, I'm pretty sure everyone I knew in NCID has gone to London. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. yeah. And all like 
was just a, even when I was didn't have a baby, I was just like, I want to move away. Crap! How do I like? Have I done gone to this college and like? There's no, yeah. there's nothing for me, and I'll, like the only way I can succeed in any kind of artistic career is to feck and move. And um, so yeah, most of my friends and like people who I knew from college did move mostly to London for the first year. Like, like literally straight as soon as I got the degree they planned to move some of them did masters over in London and um, are they still there? there are who is still there? my two best friends were there for eight years in London which I think is a super That's a long, long time you would be kind of changed after being there for I eight mean, years I mean yeah eight yeah. years and they actually they lived together for like it's like were, a third of your life I know when you're 30 yeah true very true yeah. and and I would visit them whenever I could, but I mean, okay, my thoughts on London as as an artist and stuff, I find it like sorry, that's my laptop. As an artist, I find it super, super intimidating. Mm. London is the kind of place that it's so steeped in creativity. Every single corner someone's talking about this. Um, there's a mural. Yeah, there's like, or, yeah. Or like even the people that are like, oh, so I'm actually going to be starting this. Um, whole like this collective. club night this mm. collective or this show like it's everyone is so on it mm. and it was I was just like hold on I remember going over there and visiting <laughs> them being like at home I'm like a big fish in a small pond here they're tiny little fish in a big like I'm yeah. totally the big fish the big bitch fish bopping around Dublin mm. like and um if you're aware of that though that's fab if yeah you, if yeah. you know you prefer being that to like I think I'd like to be in a big city and you know it's not for you that's Great. For my, yeah, yeah, that's true. Totally. That's a great mix. But like, I mean, I love London, but I don't. What I don't like about London is the harshness of it. Like even the second tube. Like I mean, people are shoved out of the way. Oh my god! When I lived there, like I just found people fucking miserable. Mm. Like, these, and these are just Londoners. It's like, and this was one a contrast that I found like between New York and London. Like at least in New York, like there's fucking characters bopping around. People on the train be smiling onto you. To be honest, and people always say the New Yorkers are rude. But then I was in London. Holy hell, I've never seen a bloody group of more miserable bollocks. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, they are literally crying into their papers in the morning. Like, I've seen <laughs> pregnant women on the tube being refused seats. Oh, I've seen that too, and I've only been home. Pregnant women standing there with their nine, eight months massive bellies, and then some fellow will be sitting down, not even offering the seat. Like, yeah. shocking. So, like, from what I, my opinion on London is everyone's so out for themselves. Yeah. And it's just like, since coming home, my friends who lived in London have gained such a harder like personality so, than they would yeah. have had if they had stayed in Dublin. Mm. They're so intolerant to simple things. Like they come over like Dublin transport is great. I find it great and I'm it's used terrible. to it. <laughs> you know, but like I mean when you think of like I mean at least Dublin transport, I'm I have given out about Dublin transport and someone from Mayo is like, of course, oh, yeah. Yeah, can no, you not yeah, mind about your transport? Really I can't true. leave my house unless I walk four hours, you know, the way, but like, yeah, it's not, yeah, bad. like, I mean, yeah, it's not like it is unpredictable at times. Buses are late, buses are long, they're not often. You fucking get over it, and you mm. get into town whenever you get into town, you're like, but. Your friends my are kind friends of hard who, shells. They yeah, can't put they up with can't, that. The intolerance of people who've moved over to London, from my experience, from simple things, being like, Oh my god! I can't get miso soup. Oh, you can't get miso soup. In <laughs> You've no oat milk. Are you serious? Well, yeah. yeah. Why are you English? Like they come back from England, they're like, in it, in it, right? I'm like, <laughs> babe, 
Where you're from Valdoya. Valdoya. When, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. When, when that happens to me, I'm like, my fucking auntie has lived there 40 years and she still has a Finkless accent. Like, so why are you coming back? If I showed you. I embrace your accent. That's, I mean, another episode. But yeah. I, mean, I can't deal when people are moving over to London for five months and they come back. People, oh, my darling, I used to be oh, I'm like, Literally. Hey Carol, <laughs> how, how the fuck are you? Going? Put in it. I'm all right, People, no, but it's so true. People who go to London, I do feel. I think Londoners, in general, the vibe is like too fucking cool. Oh, it's so. And that's why one reason when I lived there for a very short amount of time, Jackie, you can maybe fill in if you think it was like that too. But I just felt like. The minute I was there, I was like, I'm never going to be, like, cool enough for this city. Because I just don't give a fuck. Well, that's why I love Dublin. I, yeah. I don't... Fi- like, my sense of humour fits better here than anywhere else I've lived. I yeah. just feel like I'm... Like, if you're sarcastic as fuck... And Self-deprecating. Like, American person, like, <laughs> yeah. just taking the piss out of yourself. That doesn't work yeah. as well as it does actually in Dublin. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. In, in England, like, I'd say something ridiculous and they thought I was being serious. It's like, <laughs> oh, God, you and are... And then yet they pride themselves off their sarcasm. I'm like... No, 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 no. No, you get like, lost in translation. So, like, people who I know have moved to London, like, you know, they, they, they just do have not all of them, obviously, you know, but like some of them just have a bit of a kind of whiff. But yeah. they're like, like, like as you were saying, they're like, oh my god, you can't get. You can't get fucking teriyaki salmon in your local spa. <laughs> yeah. Or they're like fucking. Or they're like, where's Waitrose here? You're like, well, you know, we don't have Waitrose. We've one Marks and Spencer's yeah. in town, and that's it. Or they're like, yeah. do you guys have Whole Foods yet? You're like, we know we don't. You know we don't. You've gone six months. Yeah, like, relax. They're like, what is this? George Street. Like, or they're like, three, or they're like three pounds. Sorry, euros. Euro. <laughs> It's singular. And can I also say, fuck you, England, for your stupid pounds. Like, we've <laughs> so, bollocks. Yeah. It would be so much easier to bop over to England if they had euros. Or up north. I hate going over to England. You have your two hundred pound for the weekend. You give them two hundred euros, and that's eighty pounds. Like, I gave you two hundred euros, and that's eighty pounds. We are. I'm like. so another place that people go i mean when people go to new york i feel like they are people who go like and it's more so people who are i think we're kind of talking about people who are kind of bitter for moving back are we like we're talking about people who were like I'm moving to London and New York it, because it's so much better yeah yeah and Dublin's shit yeah. So yeah. Place. the yeah. people who go to New York are just like I feel like they come back to Ireland like if they're like visiting or whatever and they're just like they're always like Jesus the bars close early here whoa oh shut up oh. like they're always like it's just I mean I'd be in New York and like I'm out till yeah. 4 or 5 and I can go have the a meal and, and I'm like yeah I, I know. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I live there too, babes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, you can in the biggest city yeah. in the world. No, yeah. no shit, Sherlock. The city that's been like that for possibly about 60 years, by the way. Literally, yeah. Built by Irish people. <laughs> <laughs> May I? And their dollars. And yeah. I, yeah. I, do, I do hate Or they're that, like, like randomly tipping the uh, barman. I'm like, <laughs> you don't do that here, babes. Um, but you know what wrecks my head? Like, I mean, if you've been in college or whatever, like you've lived your whole life. 23 years <laughs> you bop off Erased. in New York for 6 months and you're like hold on oh, the bar's shut early it's like oh oh how can you forget yeah. your yeah. life you're, you're in here in June college like, yeah. yeah or my favourite uh, is when they come back and I have heard a few of this <laughs> it's three books 
like they try and say the term books like even when I was in New York like I remember I tried to say it once I was like (laughs) a couple of books (laughs) it just sounds so rotten in the eye books it's different it's just gosh and you said three books to like a bodega guy that's just hilarious. Yeah, it's like, uh, th- like no, was, someone was like, how much is that? And I was like, oh, but I think it was when I worked in retail, so I was trying to be real, like, down with the customers. Yeah, and shit. Like, how much is that? I was like, ah, oh, 80 bucks. <laughs> like, like, I cannot believe I just said that. Like, trying it out as well. Like, trialing it. Yeah, just like, like, I find like, with New York, they're very much, and I know there'll be a lot of people listening to this being like, Jenny, you sound like an American hoe, but I've always fucking sound like this, okay? But... We're not talking about actual, we're talking about, like, forgetting your past. Yeah, you know, like, like some people come back and they're like, they're like, like you. damn, that's lit. Yeah, <laughs> saying it in a serious, like, we, like, as in like, we are, yeah. we are like, I'm woke. It's lit, like in a joke. No, like, I don't, I don't the words don't actually, I'm like, wow, uh, Pygmalion was lit last like, night. Yeah, <laughs> but so, yeah, Even literally. awesome, like being like, yeah, no, it's awesome. Like, I mean, it's such an incredible experience. I've actually said that. I around. do actually find that it's not even just the words. It's not just like, the word lit or the word awesome it's more the way they describe stuff I'm like so how was that concert man it was like a really like enveloping experience <laughs> yeah, and, yeah it was just really like everyone was like bouncing off it. I'm like, like I on. did see him in you know the, uh, in Brooklyn about four months ago and that was better but uh, for an Irish gig it was yeah, yeah you don't talk like that pun you know no you go oh, I was dead and I was pissed no, no I'm wrong. it was all and then somewhere else where my brother has been to both now Canada, August, oh, Australia. Oh, and those two. Australia is yeah. a big one because Australia is when they come back and they're like, what? There's it's no- 13 degrees. Tell me that's a lie. 13 degrees. Forgot it that got this cold. Is it? Is the beach close by? Because I'll go for a morning <laughs> swim. Every is morning. Where's your papayas? Yeah. Do yeah. you have papayas here? Have you got an acai bowl? <laughs> is there a mountain, like, walk close by? I can do briefly. <laughs> I find that all-time Australian. I'm, I'm looking for, like, a chia seed pudding. They do come home and be randomly active. It's like yeah. really yeah. active. Up Sit at down. six, cycling to back in the beach before work, and then going to work. It's mad. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I hate, they come home to Ireland, they're, like, randomly really into, like... It's just Irish, like, countryside. They're like, eh, we're actually bopping to uh, Galway for the weekend. You turn more. No, I'm not Irish. Glenlock is stunning, by the way. Yeah, like, it's like, <laughs> you have never been there. You did not know it existed, and now you're swimming in the lake. They're like, I went for, like, I went for a swim in the lake. Beautiful. <laughs> It's like, oh, it's like, oh, you don't know what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about because I'm from Ireland and I don't go swimming because it's freezing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's what yeah. Irish people do. We live in a beautiful country. We don't see it and we don't swim in the water, okay? No. <laughs> like, Lindsay, you live opposite the Beckham Beach. You go for a swim in every day? As if I touch off. She fucking <laughs> Snapchats the sunrise in the morning. At the the, okay. To be fair, yeah, that's if true. If you watch me on Snapchat, the only time I'm down on the beach is when we found something bleeding hand and I'm Snapchatting it. Like, <laughs> I'm never on that beach unless it's where fucking photo up oh. basically I mean I, okay, I, like, I mean look I love I love the old scenery but like you know I hate the whole like I mean it's grand like I like it but like no, it's nice like but I wouldn't be bothered I'm not gonna like be taking a two hour fucking trip down to 
Some people are fucking into that shit. I don't know. I, I think, like, shit, to be honest. like, they're mm. into it way more when they come back. I find, like... I've never noticed that with Australia, that they're into hiking. I notice that they're more, in, they're more like, appalled at the cold. And I'm like, babes, you have lived here for, for so long. You've been in Australia from June to Christmas. You're home for two weeks. It's fucking December. We get winter now. It's summer where you are. It's winter where we are. And it's fucking cold. Because guess what? You're in the Northern Hemisphere. It's yeah. going to be fucking cold. But they buy new jackets to come back. It's like, oh, Lord, I just couldn't prepare myself. The, or I the, brought, brought three North Bay jackets back The worst is that like, I couldn't, <laughs> they're like, I couldn't even find, because it's summer in Sydney. Uh. So I couldn't find a jacket. They don't sell jackets. And also, even the jackets I could find were, oh, I mean, 20 that's, times too light for Irish. I mean, that's their winter. Do you know what I also can't stand Australian fet like Irish Australian bitches. <laughs> pennies. They're obsessed with pennies. They come back to Ireland, they're like, Oh, you're so lucky to have a pennies. Oh no, that's Australia. real. Yeah, I'm sorry. When you are in, what you get for fucking leaving? Yeah, we get pennies if you fucking stay. But at least they're appreciating it. I know, but they're getting like hair packages sent over by their sisters, being like, "There's your little tights and your socks and your fucking." Fucking, I'm telling you, you go pay eight euro for two pairs of socks, and you'll know the fucking pain. Well, I wouldn't mean. (laughs) I'm just saying. When you're away, that's mad. Yeah, it's mad. Like apparently, Australia doesn't have any kind of like shop that you can just neither is there in, in America there's fucking no place you can win and get like you know a two euro pack of fucking million I socks I have like been to some shops like that they're like, shite though you either oh, go to for, shite, Forever 21 or like the fucking dollar store like pennies is fab quality for socks and tights and all mm. fab yeah you cannot get it and also another thing as an Irish gal you can't get tan in America yeah, that was shocking. Can't get tan. Yeah, everyone's just pale during winter. And I was like... They don't have fake tan. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. You can only get a spray tan. That's about it. Or you can go into Sephora and buy, like, Sam Ritz for, like, $40. What oh. feck is going to get that? you there? Fucking was minging. <laughs> <laughs> minging and fat. Do they sun... What's it called? Sunbed. Mm. Yeah, they definitely do. That's that. probably more they have LA them. They have like them, but like, there's no point in doing them in a New York winter when it's minus twenty degrees and snowing. Yeah. You'd have to be doing one of. You'd have to be in there for half an hour a day. Like, the same know. as Dublin, though. It's like no sunlight, it, and we're all. Well, I'm not, but you guys are tanned as hell. Well, yeah. I'm covered in a lovely mousse that I got that I'll be doing a reveal. So, what are we going to wrap this up with? Because we've been trying, we've just been bitching yeah, so now. That, so, what we've been bitching about. Is basically just the differences of each country. Because like when people so we're come home, talk about Canada. Before we go on about oh Canada, so Canada, I feel like I feel like my friends that I know from Canada are way more laid back. They're chill. Like I know a girl who I went to college with, great friend of mine, gas bitch, moved to Canada. Randomly is obsessed with snow. Now. Randomly, like, is getting huskies to drag her along in a sleigh. I know. Oh, fuck. Like, she's in Canada. We were at her wedding, and I was sat beside a guy who I used to go to college with, and um, a couple of Canadians had come over to the wedding. She came home with her husband, with her now husband, to get married, and me and this guy were like sat at the table. It's my wedding, so mad, like you're fucking meeting people you hadn't seen in years. Yeah. And we were next to this Canadian girl. And um, we were like, so, so what's Canada like? And she was like, yeah, no, it's great. We're always out in the sleighs, like with huskies. Have you ever actually been dragged um, on a sleigh by a husky I mean her man <laughs> and he just goes he's English actually he's like no we actually do cool stuff here <laughs> oh wow he burnt oh. her 
at our own wedding. No, it was the friend. Oh, it was a friend. I was like, whoa. I pissed myself. <laughs> oh, oh, I just have a tear. I was thinking. like, oh, uh, no, we haven't. <laughs> by husky, right? Few Irish ch- satyrs. <laughs> on the back the of a cart. <laughs> yeah, have you ever been dragged in a cart by a living <laughs> pony? <laughs> <laughs> I'll and show like, you what being dragged is. Like, <laughs> I've been dragged around like... You've been dragged by a fucking fierce bitch like me online? Have <laughs> <laughs> you been dragged around by a hot bastard? Yeah. Any dragging I do is on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Not in ill, fucking snow. But like, and my friend like moved over. She's like, it gets so cold. To work, they had to put on snow gear to get into the car. Some parts of uh, I'm like uh, I'm reading a book at the moment, and they're talking about fucking Canada, and they were saying they in some parts they have to leave their car running all night, <gasps> otherwise it, it just freezes literally. Or he, and the guy was also like, it's really dangerous for cats because lots of cats go outside and they sit down and they get frozen. Because the minute they sit down, like the heat, their body just freezes. The kitty is like so he had to like chip his cat off the fucking oh, thing, like alive, ew. like oh, okay. like. But he, it's like he said, it's just fucking mental. And like, he said that uh, what was another one. He said, um, you should leave the car. Oh, just match it. But like no, not all in of Canada. where Louis is, it's not like that. Louis in Vancouver, and it's just like Ireland. It's just like rainy. yeah, it's a bit twisty. Like, but apparently, I've heard this. Oh. They're not really into drinking over in Canada. The drinking age the is social, 19, 19. It's 19. just, it's not really as much as a thing as here. Like, you know, you meet for a drink, meet for a drink. Everything in Ireland just kind of revolves around, like, the pub. having a little drink. Mm. Nowhere is like Ireland with drinking. Mm. Nowhere. Spain is semi like it. No, but they're not as out. It's a different vibe. Spain is more like a uh, European, like, I'll have a load of fucking drinks and I'll be chill. They're not the same as Irish people. Irish people, it's like... A different level of drinking, I feel. No matter where I've been, it's like, and they all say that. Like when they find they find out you're Irish, they're like, "Oh my god, I was in Ireland last year. My god, we we went out to Temple Bar. We were out for five and like they always all have a fucking story about some fucking Irish person they met that's brought them out. Like we are known. We're known. I never know if that's a truth or if that's a stereotype. I think it's a stereotype that comes from truth. Yeah, yeah, but okay. I just want to know. What do you think is the difference between, like, Spain and drinking? Because, like, any time I've been in Spain, I've seen, like, they, like, drinking all during any time of the day is mm-hmm. fine in Spain. And they do go out. Like, I mean, it's different in from what I can see in Spanish culture. The men kind of go out and, like, stay in a bit of a pack and the women stay. Like, mm. yeah. it's kind of like that. For me, it's most of Mediterranean culture is not in and around going out and getting obliterated drunk. Yeah. Uh, they get drunk. And they party and stuff, but, like, they drink during the day, but they'll have, like, a beer. Yeah. When Irish people start drinking during the day... They're getting hammered full It's stop. like, yeah. we're out all night. It's a yeah, different yeah. culture. It's a three-day bender kind it's of a, thing. It's yeah. a different culture. It's like, Irish people have a very strong drinking culture, and, like, you know, sometimes it can be bad, sometimes it can be yeah. great. But, like, you know? I have, like, two drinks, and people, most people are like, oh, my God. Like, I, are you, what? Are you an ex-alcoholic? Like, yeah. literally, people presume... Like, remember the first time, so Jack started my old job, and, like, we went out that night, and I knew that Jack wasn't a massive drinker, and, like, people were like, Jack, where's it, do you want another drink? Do you want another drink? And they were literally, like... Like, literally, like... Like, it's like, it's not even... It's not even like he was like, I don't want a drink. He was just like, I have one. And they were like, where's your next one? And yeah. it's like, I don't need my next one. I have one. Or I've just literally drank the last drop. 
Like, yeah. I don't need another one like in my Jack, hand. You go out with Jack, and he, like, you do it in such a perfect way. You don't, you're not like, I don't drink a lot. You never would vocalize it, but you just kind of will have your two drinks, and you'll drink those two drinks. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, it takes you a lot longer than, like, I'm here, like, guzzling down the point. Like, I mean, it's so funny, because... The difference is <laughs> Sometimes mad. Jack and I will be going to a party, and he'll pick up two... I'll pick up a can. Yeah, like one a, can. Like a, no, that sounds pathetic. But like, to, like I pick up two or three. Do you remember you yeah. were having a big night at Fiona and Sarah's birthday, and you got two Peronis? And you were like, <laughs> you were like, I am gonna be. That lit. sounds pathetic, but like, it's not pathetic. It's no, you, I think it's, it's not work though. it. Though. Yeah, it's yeah. so. I and the wish funniest I could do thing that. is, is that like I'm here getting like an eight pack of cans and two beers. Jack is getting two beers. He has one of them on. I drink all my beer. I'm like, Jack, can I have that beer that you got? But I feel like we stay the same level, though, as well. Like, we're not, like... Yeah. We're as... Well, you are, you're asking to take my drink. Remember when we went to Neves and you got two drinks and I got about 20. And I scored my 20 and I was like, Jack, Jack was like, here, there's a beer in the fridge for you there. Because he don't need one. I buy two and one for Lindsay and one for Jenny. And three for me. Yeah. But I feel like we stay in the same level, though. We're kind of going off topic, but we stay in the same. Yeah. It's still a part of Irish culture, It's right? the Irish culture in the book. But also, Jack is an inspiration if you are listening if you aren't a big drinker don't be a big drinker because jack still comes out he still gets wild he just doesn't need drink to get him wild not that i or jenny need that but like but i also think it's this like thing that people don't think you can be friends with people who drink or don't drink i feel like just have the crack do yourself and have a fabulous like you know oh like i don't drink so i can't be friends with people who don't drink or like yeah. i drink i can be friends with people who don't drink or i, I mean? can't go out in a night out like yeah. we managed to do all those we things. do actually i know we're going off topic but i actually think it's very fucking interesting this topic we do actually get asked about this a lot we've had a couple of questions recently about it where they're like and maybe it's good to have jack on because mm. i've always felt like we couldn't really talk about it because i'm like we do love i him. can't advise someone on how to own not drinking because like I've just never been that person like I'm not going to give you fake advice but like Jack what would you say because we get loads of questions from people being like can you please talk about Irish drinking culture and how like there is a pressure on people to drink and how you know I'm sure you felt it like where people mm. are like why aren't you drinking like yeah. how do you kind you of have a full podcast as well on this we could do it yeah mm. but like how do you just quickly like how would you advise someone to kind of get over that shit Get over it and not have, like, the feeling to get drunk all the time. feel like that they have to drink. Is that a thing? Do people actually really want to yeah. know that? Because I feel people I'm judged do. most of the time by not getting hammered. I'd say that you are, but, like, I think people, a lot of people don't want to drink, but they probably end up succumbing to the pressure. Yeah. Where you're I'm, good at uh, being like, no. Yeah. No, I definitely, I think it's just, I think going to America when I was literally 20, I couldn't drink because mm. I was in a dorm with other people. Like, they would check your room for drinks. So it was so hard to get drink full stop. Yeah. So I think that's kind of, I still got hammered on the weekend, stuff like that. But it slowly stopped because I just couldn't. Mm. And then I just started losing weight. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that's me being facetious, but I think... I know what you mean, though. But you just... I got sick of it because I'd feel like shit the next day. And I think I just built confidence in myself. Yeah. Well, you, you're kind of more, like, secure in your reasoning for not doing it. Where you're like, I know how shit I feel, so why the fuck would I do it? I just think it's about building confidence in yourself. Like, mm. like some people rely on getting hammered too... Like, like they're like to gain confidence. Yeah, I think totally. it's important just to kind of. I don't know how people do that. I don't know how I did it, but I just kind of gain confidence I and mean, I get lit on that out. 
Yeah, like, like Jack, I can have a bop. I can go out like have the crack. Like yeah. I put Jack on my Snapchat stories or Instagram, and people are writing to me. Oh my goodness, your friend Jack is wasted, and I'm like, <laughs> he had two sups of a beer. I had a di- he's had diet coke. Like <laughs> yeah, but that's to me that's like normal. You know what I mean? Well, you can go out and dance wild. You don't need drink. Like like you kind of you know yeah. show that for like I mean you can go out you can be as wild as you want you can dance however crazy you want yeah you don't need like the excuse of alcohol to be like oh I was so crazy last and night now I'm crazy like, yeah it's like no I'm crazy just because I'm that's crazy that's why like choosing yeah. an outsider moment was so hard because all my moments are outsider yeah, like, yeah. Literally. Jack is the true outsider yeah but Mr. literally I think like lord outsider lord of the outsider but I noticed it with hanging out with Jack and just like especially with new people who how pushy people are we'll all like say if you're in a pub for not a wild night out but like just having a few drinks with a few new people and where you get into rounds mm. and jack will have like a full pint and people will still be like jack another one i'm still <laughs> yeah. and i'm like and he's like no no i'm fine and they're like another one but no no yeah. no i won't hear it yeah and i'm having another and he's think... like no really i i won't drink it i think and the i'm like in his ear get it i'll have it <laughs> 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 yeah, literally. The last thing is, like, I'm probably the worst or best person to be with in rounds because I literally will take forever to drink it. The worst person to be because I, like, will have my cup, like, yeah. my drink. Whereas Lindsay will have, like, three drinks and I'll have one. And, yeah. like, okay, she'll just go get us her own one. Yeah, we I, don't even bother doing rounds because it gets too complicated. Yeah, <laughs> me and Lindsay are yeah. neck and neck. So, like, you're around my yeah, round. Yeah, we're yeah. up there at the same time. We're like, we'll just get a double. Four pints, please. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't be ours getting up again. Yeah. No, Can you bring think, over the next two in about ten minutes? <laughs> but I think from as an as a spectator of Jack, what I think the best way you do it because I have had friends who I've had friends who've drank and then decided actually no I don't want to drink I want to stop drinking for a while and they make a show and a poxy dance about it they're like hello girls I'm on a night out but I'm not drinking girlies just saying <laughs> girlies I'm not drinking tonight girlies are making a big like thing about it and then everyone's really aware that they're not drinking and they're, yeah. and they're like oh I feel so weird I'm not drinking girlies you're all drunk and I'm not like making just a constant conversation mm. but Jack is like it actually took me ages to even realize that you didn't drink. I was yeah. like, "Oh, Jack's always pissed." Never, <laughs> Jack's <laughs> always pissed. He's always you know, pissed. Like, yeah, like I mean, and it, like if I could look back at my younger self, I would love to be like. You know, because there's huge pressure as a teenager or whatever. You could literally buy a non-alcoholic beer, go out and pretend that you're freaking. You I know, think like, that's difficult, though. Like I definitely did all that when I was younger. I just think. I just hated waking up and being like, oh, God, I don't know what I did last night. Yeah. I can't remember. And that's where I feel like a lot of people who are writing to us about this feel the same way as you. You know, that way I feel like they really don't want to be, not even that they don't want to, like, drink ever, but they feel like maybe they're kind of being pressured into getting really lit. As heavily as. Yeah, yeah, they're, like, going out with their friends, drinking probably spirits, like, drinking heavy vodka Mm. and, you know, getting, especially, like, I mean, we've all been there when you're, like, 20 or whatever, getting too drunk, like, really not drinking responsibly, you know, and, like, being then the next morning feeling like shit. And And not knowing why because you can't even bloody remember. Exactly. And, you know, so that's cool that, like, I think it is just that, as you said, it's just, like, just fucking own. It. It's mm. easier said than done. 100%. Oh no, I think it's like I don't think I really realize how difficult that actually is. Yeah, like because you know people do say to it me, you, easy to you, to you, you say well. to me. I've had people say to me like you're so lucky you're able to do that, but 
I think it's something you just kind of have to do more of. And once you start doing it, it gets easier. And yeah. you just... It's, it's kind of like when I quit smoking and all my smoking friends are like, oh my God, you're so lucky you were able to quit so easily. And it was just like, at one point I was like, I can't with this anymore. Mm. It was just like, not an option. You know that way? Yeah. And like, it was just kind of the thing where I was like, that's just gross to me now. And now to the point where I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, not a thing it's I like do. It's just, like, not a thing that I, like, ever really want to ever do anymore. You know, that way? So, I guess that you were kind of on that end of it, where it's, like, it's went so far to you, like, that you were just, like, I just don't want to fucking do that yeah. anymore. It's, but it's, yeah. not, it's also your friends, though. Like, you guys yeah. and all my friends are, like, super, like, whatever. Chill. Like, Jack doesn't do it, so I'm going to, like, it's not judgmental. There's no, yeah. like, thing around Pressure it. or whatever. No yeah. pressure or whatever. We would never put a... A light in it at all. No. You don't no. know about it, to be honest. I no, you thought I was getting lit all the time. You thought yeah, I was getting I, know. Drunk, like. I mean, I just couldn't give a shit. Like, you know that way? Like, imagine caring no, so much about what your friends drink. Once no one's judging anyone. And I have been in that position before myself, even though I am a drinker. I've been in parties and stuff where, like, my friends are going to go, Oh, I'm way more drunk than you. Come on. <laughs> me, And I'm just like, I'm kind of fine where I am. I really, like, yeah. Because people know you'll succumb to pressure. I yeah. think people know yeah. I'm not going to drink. Like, I'm not going to just get... See, like, that's the thing. You're very... You're like a fucking... Outsider. Yeah, but, I'm an outsider. But, like, you're, you're, <laughs> you're very noticeably, even when you only just meet your, you, you're not only good at refusing it, but you're very, like, final. <laughs> but, like, do you know what I mean? Without <laughs> being, really, like... Not being, like, in a rude way, but, like, yeah, yeah. you're very good at just For being like, way. no, I'm fine. Like, no. Yeah, I think people get afraid that your friends will judge you for that. I think mm. that or, like they won't be but friends with you be anymore. To yeah. Do you know what it is? Actually, we've spoken about it, Lindsay. It's about setting boundaries. Mm. You've set the boundary where you're like, all your friends now know that you only have a few drinks, so no one's like, come on, Jack, because yeah. you've had your boundary up. You know, everyone knows your boundaries. Yeah. So it's like maybe that's the thing for those girls. It's like set your fucking boundaries. You know, be like, I don't drink like that, mm. and be fucking yeah. final in your the way you speak, and notice that it's for your own self. Like fuck drinking for your friends, and fuck being like I feel like a lot of um, people would you know, probably hate going out till all hours, but they'll just do it because they don't want to be, like, out of the loop or... Yeah, FOMO shit. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. But, like, I've been out with Jack and we're, like, buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. Jack's like, okay, I'm going, bye. Yeah. yeah. And, like, my friend Eve is like, no, Jack, you're not going. Why? But you totally got it. And you were like, like, Eve is gone. <laughs> That's in gone now. Like, <laughs> That's in gone now. I'll be blown. Yeah. But you, like... There's no point in being like, oh... Yeah. But people, yeah, like, you're right, like, the boundary thing. Is that, that mean, though? Is that, it's like... not mean, no. The Irish goodbye? No. I no, no, it's not the Irish goodbye. It's just, is it, like, if your friends wanted you to stay out and you're like, no, I'm going no. out. No, I don't think it's... Un- I think it's an unhealthy thing to get into staying out because you're trying to please other people. Or feeling like people should stay out on account of you. Yeah. Like, it's like, no one owes you their time. Like... You know what I mean? Like we all chose like, to go out one night. You, you decided be to go. Better <laughs> friends if you stay out longer. Like that. You, yeah. Like yeah. you need to give your time. Like and like that. I'm sure like most people do it at a most people just do it at a habit. They're like, no, I want you to stay. You know, they're just being nice or whatever. Yeah. But like, it's not mean in any way to be like, no, I'm going home. Like I've done that. I've gotten way better than my older years. Just yeah, being I think like, all, yeah. Just like I'm like if I'm at a party and I'm not feeling that, I used to be like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll stay. Now I'm like. All right, I'm out of here. I'm done. And, like, I'll just go up and say goodbye to the hosts. Not say goodbye to anyone else. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. It takes 45 minutes to say goodbye. And then you've everyone, come on. And the dragging. The dragging. Oh. I, I have one more drink. I turn off my phone. Me too. I'm, or no, what I do is I leave and I text everyone when I'm in the taxi. I'm like, I'm in the taxi. I'm by. I don't. I, That's horrendous. I, I leave, was yeah. so bad. I'm like, I'm going to the bathroom, guys. 
Rolling Stones. Oh my God, Rolling Stones. I did the bathroom. I'll see you in the going five. I peg it out of the Me too. And, and the high you get <laughs> by leaving oh, it's is stunning. Stunning. Oh. And then I like I getting the text. Hey, where are you? We'll see you at the dance floor in five. I'm like airplane mode. Off I go. Oh my god, you're so. You, you don't even say you're going. You that you don't even say. This happened many times. Like I mean, I've been caught before. I've been caught pegging it out of the My sister's being like Lindsay. Lindsay, where you, we're staying in yours tonight. Where I'm like, oh, shit, I know. I know. I I do the pegging. I do the toilet trick where I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm re- like, I'm going to the toilet, bringing my jacket and my bag. I love that. Like, there's your first time. Like, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, no, no, no. I, I, there's loads of robbers in here. <laughs> so I'm bringing all my shit, bringing all my shit. And then literally I'm like... I'll literally pretend to walk the bathroom just in case anyone sees me and then be like, oh, fuck, and like, peg it, and like, I yelled in the first tax, like, ah, you know, yeah, like, and home, please, and like, where? just home. I'm like, <laughs> so movie, home. Just home. Oh, With whatever credit. Whatever you say, ma'am. <laughs> whatever you say, ma'am. And then I'm like, I text my entire phone book, being like, hello, I left early. I'm now in a taxi home. And I'll maybe kind of um, throw in a lie. I'll be like, oh, I was in the toilet and I, someone spilled a drink of me. And yeah, see, I can't deal with it unless I lie. Like, I'm like, oh my God. Oh, I just got like, oh, depression shit. Gotta go. <laughs> oh, God. I can't deal with it just being honest. Now I can't, but like yeah. back in the day, I could. I was just like so all being Back like, in the day, I definitely did the airplane mode. I kind of felt a bit too late and I wanted to go home. I, like, even though that is a feasible excuse, now I'm like, do I you was like. Do you know what, one of my favorite stories uh, about mm-hmm. me Houdiniing, I still cringe over this. I was like, Oh, you're such an arsehole. I was out with my friend. Uh, who the fuck was I out with? <laughs> I can't oh, my God. It doesn't matter because I'm not going to say the name of it. It was with one of my lad friends, right? And um, we were out. Uh, we were in Izakaya, you okay. know, downstairs yeah, in the basement. Yeah, yeah. So we were there and there was no one there. No one but us two. And we were drinking a load of beers and we were like having a uh, chat. We were like, ha, 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 lolling away, lolling away. And I all of a sudden was like, fuck, I'm lit. Like, oh. <laughs> and we were, like, again, the only people in the fucking bar. Like, no, it wasn't the barman. No one else. It's probably been nine o'clock. And I was just like, I wasn't like, you know, really lit, but I was just like, I'm in work. And I was like, oh, like, na- the knackeredness it. hits you. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Uh. And he was like, okay. So he was sitting at a, cha- at a chair, like, looking out to the bar, okay? Like, he could see the entire premise okay so I go to the bathroom I did actually have to go to the bathroom go to the bathroom while in the bathroom I'm like just leave just leave in his, in his voice <laughs> I was like just I, just, it'd be so quick just to leave so I go out of the bathroom walk past him up the stairs walk past him walk past him up the stairs he was he's in there he just bought two beers oh I literally got out Got in the cab, went on Facebook, sorry, I had to go airplane mode. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, oh I haven't Jenny. seen him since. <laughs> oh, poor guy, two beers in his hand. At the table. At, at the table. I left him on his own I'm in his client. Can you forgive you? Yeah, I know who it is. You have to tell him. I'll tell you after. We'll tag him. I'll tag him in the announcement of this episode. So, yeah, that was my... And ever since then, I've been like, don't be that. That's messy. But I hate that feeling when you're like, I just want to be home. It consumes your head. You're like, I want to be Could have just been over and like, look, I'm knackered. I actually have to go home. Like, and he's just been... He watched me walk past him up to the stairs. Like, probably falling around on the stairs. Yeah, probably like, I'm leaving. 
But it is so hard because, I mean, we've all been in the situation where you're like, hey, guys, I think I'm going to go. And they're like, no, yeah. you guys. Or I just bought like, you a oh. drink. You're like, you fucking drink it. I don't give a fuck about the drink. You're like, I'll bloody pay you for the thing and I'll walk off. Like, I've poured drinks, pour drinks out before. I've done oh, something like that. I'm yeah. like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'd be like, whoa, I spilled it all. Oh. <laughs> Going into the bathroom, pouring it down the sink, being like, whoa, I am lit now. i got to go home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Ali had that one drink. Oh. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, I mean, probably, <laughs> probably should wrap the old okay, up. Okay, so that we're wrapping a, it up. Let's wrap it up in, the, in a funny way. We're, what were we talking about? Okay. How amazing our bloody city is. Because, <laughs> you know, it actually is. Because this is our whole point is that, like, people move away. We've, two of us have moved away and come back. Lindsay's always been here. Never will. Do you know what? No. Dublin, as someone who has moved away so bloody much, I fucking love Dublin. Dublin is so fun it's like full of characters it's mm-hmm. gas. gas so gas the gasness you get in Dublin you will not find that anywhere else and right. I can be the fuck a testament I've been to at least three countries you I've will I've been to two, one, two. <laughs> you <do. Yeah. laughs> I will you will not and no better place than those two but especially <laughs> an Irish humour as an Irish person like as someone who owns an Irish humour you know per se Nowhere gets you like Irish people. They do, and the whole fakeness, the fake fucking stories about them all finding you charming and them finding you like, oh, Irish charm. They don't. Okay, I'm going to spell it out for you. They find you charming to a certain point. They don't understand your humour. Fellas in America don't understand that f- you slagging them as flirting. They don't get it. Yeah. They genuinely, there is a fucking you have to kind of assimilate to their kind of social interactions and our social interactions are extremely unique and they're fab which and is they great think though. they know them from TV being like exactly. you guys love drinking you guys are like party girls yeah it's like it's no like, no we actually are really complex and it's yeah or they think that Dublin's a town it's like Dublin's a fucking city or a farm and do you, yeah. Dublin is like do you have electricity yeah. And um, it's a part of England, right? Like, uh, it's part of- I love London. It's but, like, like oh Dublin is just... Yeah, I love London. Dublin is just, like, a fucking cool city. And, like, the more you open your eyes to it... Like, I remember when I came home to look from New York, and I was like, fucking Dublin's cool right now. And ever since then, it's gotten cooler and cooler. Like, it's Dublin getting, is class. Yeah, it is. Like, Dublin at the moment is super hot. Like, there's stuff unearthing. There's little art shows. There's new clubs. There's new restaurants. There's... Like, it's just buzzing at the mm. moment. And also, like, I think to truly fall in love with Dublin, you have to accept, like, this is your roots. Like, this yeah. is where, like, the, your most authentic self has come from. This is why you are, if you were, like, a, you know, born in Ireland or whatever. Like, this is where you've got all of your... To you flex of your personality. And, like, yeah. to soak that up rather than rejecting that. Like, I notice a lot of time people, like, will move away to New York or Canada and they'll be obsessed with Ireland and Irish culture and Dublin and all that kind of and it's like be obsessed with it as you're being immersed in it like and stop looking at the faults in it stop being like oh like you can only like the fucking off license is close here like who cares (laughs) you can still get your beer yeah Yeah, like we're grand it doesn't like and like fair enough you can't go out clubbing to whatever time but you go back to after sessions yeah which are more fun exactly and they're they're parts of Irish culture that make Irish culture what it is because I've heard loads of Americans being like what about lock-ins and it's like Mm. the only reason lock-ins happen was because they used to have to close the pubs at 12 
love. Yeah. That was the whole fucking point. And like the whole point of why we have such lit freaking aftergaffs. And like, I remember like when I was about 20, we would go out till two and then it would just be like, where's the after session? And you would traipse a freaking turnier. Like, yeah. and it's hilarious. And the best part of the night is either in Dublin, either pranks or the after. In the club, you have to, you know, maintain a certain level of, like, you're out in public. Yeah. The weird shit goes down in prinks and in the yeah. So, like, that's, like, fuck the club. Very true. Like, like, the club no is sense. kind of a weird interim. Yeah, you're like, like, hello, hello. It's like a fucking ball. Just, like, you're not you're wearing the club. Yeah. And if you are wearing the club, you're eating yourself up better for two days. You're like, oh, yeah. what was I saying in the fucking smoke garden? Oh, my God. But, like, love where you come from. Like, I mean, even the way that, like, my parents would talk about Dublin, they're growing up. Like, I think it's important. I do think it's important, especially because we are actually from an amazing country. Fair enough, we've been born somewhere horrible. But, like, we are well, born, yeah. we've been born into an amazing country. And to fall in love with that, I think, is important. And Or even if you, if you don't love it, don't think that you're going to get satisfied like I mean a lot of time I see people who are moving away who maybe just aren't happy in themselves like a different city or a different country isn't necessarily going to like fulfill your or fix you yeah, yeah or fix you like I mean if anything it's going to be harder because you know Dublin is a lovely fucking amazing city but like you want you think that you feeling shit and moving to London is going to make you feel better yeah that's right. the truest thing that eats yeah. you yeah. up like Everyone's I mean so successful so wealthy so and you know if you're not moving there for a fucking exact reason oh it's a tough song. chances are thin you know that way yeah. it's like unless you're that laser focus where you're like I'm going to work here I'm going to move up mm. People do do it, of course. Yeah. But, like, if you're just unhappy in Dublin and then blaming unhappiness on a city, a city doesn't make you unhappy. A city is just somewhere that you're living. Like, maybe it's that you don't have great friendships. Maybe it's that you're not fulfilled in, like, your career or, you know. Or maybe you're just a negative person and you're, like, just seeing the part of the negative parts of Dublin. I mean, like... For example, I know a lot of the time people are like, oh, Dublin's so small, like, everyone knows your business, and then they move away to Canada, and they're like, I don't know anyone here. Yeah. I don't bump into people, I miss bumping into people. Yeah. Like, a lot, like, if it I'm is, ever Snapchatting yeah. and I'm like, bump, I Snapchat myself, bumping into someone, everyone who follows me who has lived away is like, that is the one thing I'm yeah. in is being able to bop around. I know, I could go out in Dublin tomorrow on my own. And have a night out and bump into people I know. Oh, hell yeah. yeah Everyone we, could do that. Like, yeah, which is great. I could rock up to any pub in Dublin on my own. What do you love like, about our lovely dear Dublin, Jack? I think just the sense of humour is amazing. Yeah. Like, this is like the way we are in particular fits so well to this great city. I feel like going back to just Dublin kind of being such a big hug. Yeah. I feel like oh. if you're going, I know, like, so poetic. It is, though. But it is. I feel like if you are going through a tough time or whatever, it's the place to be, your family, your friends, yeah. your, like, and support network is here. This is the same as any city. Like, we're three Dubliners. I'm sure it's the same for anyone. Galway, Cork, wherever yeah, the hell yeah, you're yeah, from. Of course. Just moving back to your hometown or, like, your home country. It's just, you know, moving away, I think, is great. And you can learn loads. And, you know, if you are really wanted, wanting to do that, I think, like, yeah, fucking do it. Like, go explore the world. Like, get new experiences, make new friends, etc., etc. But, like... Just know that moving back, there's no shame in that. Because I find a lot of people that I know, like, would be begrudgingly moving back. 
And this is a very old thing in Irish culture where they think mm. that moving home means you failed. We don't live in the 60s anymore. We can afford the flights home. Mm-hmm. Moving home doesn't mean you failed. Because if you're, if you, unless you're like, I moved home because I failed. Even then, who gives a fuck? Yeah, but see, I had that though. Yeah, I, like, when yeah. I last went back, I was like, oh God, I'm going to vomit. I don't want to go back. Yeah. But then like, I became good friends with Lindsay. Like, mm-hmm. all of us became, we, like, your friends are there, your family are there, and they are just happy to see you. And yeah. what was going in your head when you were like coming back and feeling like, oh crap? I think it's just you had to... People have an expectation for you going away. Yeah. And mm. you feel like they care about that expectation. Yeah. When in truth, they don't give a fuck about that expectation. Yeah, yeah. People don't care how well, you are, how you're doing. People are just doing that thing that you're talking about on the bus. They're like, you were in West London. Like, they don't give a fuck. Like, everyone's too messed up in their own bloody business. They're yeah. thinking about themselves. They're like, they're just thinking about themselves. And I came back and I actually was the best thing I ever did became mates mm-hmm. with everyone again and had a yeah. time and it was just a big fucking hug to be honest it yeah. was yeah nourishing your roots yeah so like nothing better anyone out there because I know we do have listeners out there who are living abroad and if you know if your fucking visa's running up you know, and if you're kind of, because I know when I was moving back from New York, a lot of people I knew were, like, applying for the, like, six months extension, and it was going to cost them this amount mm. of money. And then a lot of people I felt were, I mean, it's my perception, I felt they were kind of doing it just to do it. And mm. if you're feeling like that, like, if you're in New York or if you're wherever the fuck you are, and all your friends are applying for this longer visa, and you're like, I kind of want to go home, don't have any fucking shame in that. Like, your time is done. You've done it. That's grand. You succeeded in doing X amount of time in this place. Even if you only did it for a short amount of totally. time, you felt you were yeah. going to do it for however long. Yeah, you tried it. Yeah. You and tried like, it. like, there is no shame in coming home. Like, I mean, I am now in the age where, like, I'm 30, and I'm noticing a lot of my friends from college and primary school who would have moved away for close to a decade are now coming home. Yeah. You eventually a lot of the time will come home a lot of people come home to have families yeah yeah, or they just like are like what am I doing in Australia what am I doing (laughs) I mean like this is what like for me I'm like I would I mean I would find it really hard to go away and be like I'm so far away from home like a lot of people who I talk to they're like okay you know, they see YOLO as, oh, YOLO, you know, you only live once and move away, fucking experience yeah, everything. Yeah. I see YOLO as, like, I want to spend as much time with my people yeah. as possible. That's how I would I noticed that. I noticed that when I was in New York because my granddad passed away when I was in New York and I was so far away from it. Mm. And I was just kind of like, anything could happen when I'm over here. Mm. Like, it was just crazy. You, you don't think. Like, I mean, I just got a text one time and being like, your granddad died. That would terrify me. Yeah. And my and my gra- my dad was like, we can try get a flight home for you. Mm. It was like six grand for the ticket. He died in, I'm pretty sure it was like around this time of year. And I was just home for Chris- at Christmas. You know, so it was just like... And I- especially in, with Irish funerals, the funerals are so quick. Yeah. So a lot of time. But then the weird thing was, is that like, I really noticed a huge thing because when I came back to Ireland, I completely forgot that my granddad died. When you're not in the situation of death and you're not around grief and you're not seeing your mum cry and all your aunties and uncles cry and you're not seeing the house being, you know, all that shit happening. Yeah, you're hearing it, whatever. Yeah, so, like, my mum would be going out and I'd be like, she'd be like, my uncle lives in the house now. And she'd be like, I'm going over to John. And I'd be like, tell granddad I say hi. Like, yeah. I literally said that to my mum and she was like, Jenny, 
Your oh granddad's dead. And I was like, oh, shit. I li- mm. Like, there was countless times where I just was still thought my granddad was alive. Because you're so fucking far removed from it. Like, I remember being like... Because uh, like, I love my granddad, obviously. You know, it's not like course, he was like one of those people that I yeah. what, randomly yeah. wasn't close to. But, like, when he died, I was sad. But I kept feeling like I should have been sadder. You know that way? Because yeah. I was kind of yeah. like... I was with my friend Devin and I was like, oh, my granddad just died. And he was like, oh... It's a really weird thing. Like, I mean, you see in movies all the time yeah. and they're like instantly burst into tears and it's like, oh my God. I'm you just like, don't have that. And when you're so far removed, it must yeah, be such a different experience. And then like when my, when my granny died, I was in Ireland, but um, unfortunately, which I felt so bad, my auntie, we knew she was dying and my auntie was flying back from Australia and she missed her by two hours. Oh, and my auntie, like in, you know, her state of grief was just like, I just can't believe I was away from her for so long. She's like, I moved to Australia in the 80s. I've seen my, my mother like six, seven times since then. Mm, see, I, like, that's what really pulls me to Ireland. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I get to see my mum every single day. I get to just soak every part of her yeah. up and my friends and my sisters and I've noticed like, so, like you know when my friends go I like if they're like I'm moving I'm like oh no no, no. no. I will miss you so much and so I just see like life is too short to not soak up the like true people of your life like your family and even if you don't have family like I, I feel like a lot of people sometimes move away if they have certain family issues yeah. and you know that kind of stuff but like just your Irish people your like roots that get you that really get your humor like Jack was saying that get your taste and everything mm. it's I, built here yeah. yeah 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 so it's like it's one of those things I guess where it's it's just more like if you have a plan you want to do it obviously do whatever you want and if you can within your means do it mm. but don't feel because I think a lot of people move out of pressure or ex- expectation or they feel like as we were talking about earlier that like you're not doing a real after college experience if you don't move away for yeah. a year. Or it's like, like you could be better. Like you know, you could be an artist here. You could be like doing marketing here, but it's yeah. so much better in London. Yeah, or, you know. Yeah, so fuck it. I'll do like I, do what makes you fucking happy. Mm. That's like the fucking memo. You know what I mean? Like just and do. Follow, yeah, yeah. Definitely don't like like we were speaking with Jack's drinking and stuff. Like don't. Yeah, like, be an outsider. To be yeah. honest. Because, like, I still feel that, like, I feel like, I mean, a lot of conversation people are like, oh, I moved away for a year yourself. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I actually, when I was 16, I, I was out of the country for three weeks. You're like, <laughs> I have nothing to Christian say in cap. that regard. Do you feel pressure on that, I do feel awkward when people ask that question. I feel like I've missed, I feel like people, is, like, I'm fine with missing mm. out that, like, I'm grand. But I do feel like people are, like... Judgmental. There's a lot of conversations that I would be... Excluded from me. Yeah. Yeah. Because people are like, oh my god, and Norway, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, luck was stunning, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah like, like, and I saw on Instagram, and Norway's really good, you know, like. Yeah. But it was really not my interest, and I just stuck by my. Interest, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I could have pushed myself and been like, actually, like, I want to move away with Ryla for a year. That was like, you know, people can do that. But. Be yourself aware, Lindsay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, no, I hate fucking traveling. <laughs> it's good to know, though, to know what you like and you don't like, and not just assimilate to what you think mm. people should like. You know, it's like, it's like the whole like backpacking around Asia thing. I'm like, I want to go to Asia, yeah, 
I want to go and stay in a five-star hotel with an infinity pool. I'm, and I have no fucking... I'm sorry. I have absolutely no shame in my high standards. I do not want to be traipsing around with a backpack. Ew, no. And I'm Some the same people with Thailand. Do. Like, people are like, oh, you, could, you wouldn't bother going to Thailand. that's what I mean, like Thailand. For a month. And I'm like, I go to Thailand for two weeks. I don't give a fuck about how long it takes mm. to travel. Like, I mean, if I, you know... I've been to Australia for ten days. It was grand. I was in China for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Beijing for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, I just realized, like, for me, it's what works. And I also just, I did have to kind of school myself because I think it did sometimes get under my skin being like, mm. have I missed out on something? Like, this whole FOMO I, yeah, thing. And, you know? Yeah. And, Especially like, with I social media. Yeah, I mean, I honestly do think a lot of people move away for social media. Like, a lot of bloggers I know definitely travel more because it ups Hell their yeah. fucking social media. But for me, I was just like, I remember someone saying to me, they were like, at the end of the day, traveling is just you, but somewhere different. Literally, but that's it. And but that's you realize that traveling as well. That's yeah. one thing that moving away made me think. Like, when I was in New York, I remember, like, at one point I was, like, feeling kind of homesick. I think after about three months you get a little bit homesick because you're kind of like, oh, I'm really here, you know? Yeah. And I remember being, like, like I was sitting in my room and I think I was, like, Skyping someone or Facebook messaging someone or whatever. And I was just like, it was really hot outside. It was like fucking like end of September. It was a really hot September as well. And I was like messaging someone just being like, I'm so fucking bored. Like, because I didn't have a job yet. And I was kind of in that weird limbo stage yeah, where everyone else was wor- that I knew there was working. Okay. So it's like not fun you're when li- you're just... You don't have savings. You're just like, your yeah. money's going. And you're I'm not going to like time. piss through my savings. They're like, would you not like go to Central Park and, and go to Brooklyn and yeah, go to shopping? And like, like, would you not like go to like the Natural History Museum? And I'm like, to be honest, what I realized is that a fucking city is a city. When you're living in it, like when I lived in New York, I didn't once go to any of the... I, I went to some of the tourist shit when my parents came to visit. Yeah. Some. Yeah. But that's just like your life, you still have to wash your clothes. You still have to <laughs> buy like, I can't even think like... Tampons. Yeah, tampons. Like a pot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the same in Dublin. You know what I mean? Yeah. You still have to like... You do the grim shit. the train station. You know what I mean? It's not like, I'm going to see... I'm going to see Jessica Parker or Carrie, but that's not appropriate. But like, you're not going to like go see the XX in a small intimate venue with cocktails. It's like, of course, the same thing goes everywhere. To live that crazy life, you actually have to have like pretty good money. Yeah. And <laughs> like, you're not on paying 200 pound or on a tiny mini salary. Yeah. You're literally you eating, eating ramen lentils. noodles. You're eating lentils, ramen noodle, and like... Yeah. Shopping in Tesco. Yeah, it's like... A city is a city, no matter where the fuck you go, no matter... And, like, I was in, you know, quote-unquote, and what I still believe is the best city in the world. I love fucking New York. But after a while, it was the same. I'd get up, I'd go to work. Same places. Bop around, go for my coffee, say, hey, it's this fella, bring my laundry down, you know, buy the grim shit in Walmart. Like, you know, it's, like, it's all the same. It actually... And no one wants to talk about that, that it's all the same. And if they're not, you know, they're faking it. They're not. Like, and I think I'm sure social media has a large part to play in that. Like, I would see, like, people in Australia and being like, oh, my goodness, they're living so much better than me. Like, they're up and they're, like, drinking their lemon water and then they're out to work. And I'm like, oh, that's the life. I can't do that in Ireland. And, like, I mean, even via social media, I'm like, you see way more, like, Obviously, I follow loads of Dublin people, but on social media, I see way more of, like, Thailand. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not seeing people, like, <laughs> walking around, like, Henry selfies Street. on the fucking <laughs> <Henry> Bridge. <Yeah. laughs> 
like, me on Moore Street buying <laughs> fresh fish. Yeah. And if we did, we'd probably be like, oh my God, Dublin's amazing. But like, yeah. I'm seeing like, you know, people going away for one week and doing the TBT for the next fucking year. Like, oh, take honey. me back. Yeah. Oh, can't wait for summer again. It's like what you really. You were away for four days in <laughs> Greece. That can't be the rest of your year. <laughs> It is though. Yeah, they go away to Greece for days and they take fucking a hundred selfies and then they like, you know, carefully like, like put them out. Stagger them. Yeah. Have to say, I've been tempted a few times. I'll come across a fucking banging selfie that I didn't post and I'm like, okay, hold back, hold back, hold back. With a TBT too. I could, I could never fully be like, take me back. Like I just couldn't do it. Most people I follow now are basically just TBTs. Yeah. I'm like, I might as well be following a fucking like the depths of winter in Ireland. A fan page. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) One of those weird Twitters. Yeah, whereas. (laughs) But do you guys think people portray Dublin well enough though? No. No, I think I do think though when you go away, like I take way more photos when I go because you're a bit more loose. Like I mean, I think Ireland in regards to like just photographs and social media like I'd be bloody scarlet taking out my camera most of the times in Ireland I also think that like sometimes I'll be like walking past somewhere and it looks stunning and I'll take my photo and I forget how weirdly awkward you have to look like actually taking a photo like I'll be trying to hold it like like yeah. against my face, like, like you're on the yeah. I'm like, and it's literally like someone being like fucking scowling in the front camera. But like, I think what it is mostly is that like, I mean, obviously when you see something new, you're more like, oh my god, I'm gonna take pictures. And when you're a tourist, you're like, fuck it. But yeah. people in general, I don't think speak highly enough of Dublin. Like where I work, I have loads of people in my work who aren't from Dublin. They're like a lot of Europeans and mm-hmm. stuff, and like. Loads of people talk shit on in about Dublin and where I work. Well, the internationals talk shit about Dublin as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that goes against my thesis. Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, not horrendous, but they'll just, they'll just be like, oh my God, like, well, like when I was in Berlin last week, we could be out in the clubs all, and I'm like, you're not in Berlin. And, and also, also, can you just go to bed? Why are you so obsessed with like yeah. out to like six a.m.? You said that real loud. Can you just go to bed? Yeah. I mean, like, why is that so bad? Like, I mean, and it's just like people are just like you know, oh, this and that and this and that, and I'm just like, you know what? We're all here. We're all living here. Why are we talking shit in somewhere that we're living? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I'm not pre- I'm not a big like like I'm not like beautiful <laughs> billowing landscape. I just don't, like. I mean, I think Ireland's stunning. I need mashed potato. Yeah. Like, I'm not like not like a bowl of cuddle. Like yeah. you know, I just it's not like me. I'm not like freaking retweeting 1916 rebellion photos. No, okay, like no. some bloggers we know. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, 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 um, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not like, you know, Ireland. I'm just like, Ireland's a cool place. Dublin's a cool city. That's where I'm from. I'm going to rep. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. a fucking cool place. There's loads of cool little restaurants. There's gas people. You can know where to go in Dublin. That's the one thing. I think you like, you're not going to stumble across New York yeah. like a random, like, acapella yeah. singing group. Like, Green Temple Bar if you're stumbling. Yeah, you need to know. <laughs> Tripping up. You have to try. Yeah. It's an adventure. You have to try find the good stuff to but go But also, through. when you find something <laughs> cool in Dublin, it's like unearthing a gem. Uh, because, like, I mean, obviously, if I'm in Poxy, New York, yeah, I hope I'm stumbling across. <laughs> yeah, you're not, though. You're on the Lonely Planet, guys. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, like, in Ireland, like, if you do stumble across something, and it's, I don't know. 
Ireland does look and great. Ireland, Ireland, Republic, And also what I love, what I love about um, Dublin, for example, one of the many things is the fact that I live by the beach. I can go 20 minutes in a car and be in a city, 20 minutes the opposite <laughs> direction and be in the countryside. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. That's mad. And I that's love what that. you hear about Dublin a lot. Especially people, London. People love that travelling to Ireland is that you can be in Dublin have a, as a base and you can, like, I knew people who were like, we're coming into Dublin on Wednesday, then we're going to Cliff some more for three days, back to Dublin. I'm like, that's the other side of the country, you mad boss. She's like, I live in, like, I remember one girl I know, her sister-in-law was doing that. They're like, so we're going to Dublin and we're going to uh, Donegal, uh, up to Giant's Causeway for one day. And she was just like, you know, that's a three and a half hour drive. She's like, oh, honey, it's a three and a half hour drive for me to work every day. <laughs> So it's kind of like, you actually forget that. You're like, oh yeah. Or when you hear of like people like moving to London and they're like, oh my God, you're moving to, oh my God, London, London. And it's like, they don't realise that like London is so massive. They are at opposite ends of the city. <laughs> yeah. so they will, like, They'll never see each other. No, they would have to like really plan it to see each other. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're just like, oh my God, I'm bumping to you in Grafton Street. It's like, no, no. <laughs> you don't bump. Yeah. You're not doing no. any bumping. When like your friend can come visit from Dunleary and we're like, from where? <laughs> How is it out there? <laughs> <laughs> In London, it's like literally that length and further to get around. We're oh, like, way done, worse. Done oh my god, the I'm south like, side of the city. I keep on. I'm like, oh, I have to make it out there soon. <laughs> I'm gonna try and get out there to you, girl. <laughs> I think we should wrap in this yeah. shit up. We've been yes. waffling Cheers. on, Jack. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I feel so privileged to be the first. You'll be guy. back. You'll be Jack back. Is amazing. You'll be back. Daughter. Our angel. I love you guys. We have to. You. you have to come back on for um, some I think more sex in the city indulgences and see how this all turns out and also Hell I yeah. like the drinking thing we I really like the yeah let us know well. if Just you want to do a full freaking yeah. app how to be more like Jack how to be w- more w- Jack what would Jack do <laughs> Jack fluenced <laughs> Jack um, go uh, go fucking subscribe to our Facebook actually yes we we're are. we've just set up our Facebook page we're thinking of doing some live streams over there as I'm sure some you of you know would've... we love the live we love the live we spilled the fucking tea last live oh okay. my god how long was it three hours something like three hours we were going in on feminism oh, yeah. uh, so okay, like drink, I'm not a feminist anymore <laughs> fucking I am anti-feminist um, Dechaining myself in the worst. <laughs> <laughs> announcement. So if you could go follow us there, that'd be fab. Follow us everywhere else. Love you, bitches. Yes, See you next you, week. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.